This is the Blatcast. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Final Frontier. Welcome to the Blackcast. A very special conversation discussing Star Trek Strange New World. As always, I am Christian Blatt. And as so often when I talk about Star Trek, I'm joined by Nikki Bailey. Hey. Great to see you. It's been a it's been an entire season of a show since uh, we last had a chance to speak. I know. It's so and long. Boy, what a difference. A completely different series makes. The last time we were talking regularly was every week about Picard season two. Whew. Joined as so often to talk Star Trek on this show and on others is, of course, our friend Mark Hunt. Hello, sir. How are you? Greetings. Doing it's well. been a while. I actually am not yeah. sure, quite sure the last time we spoke, but we did uh, the that was the No Time to Die review episode. Yes. As you can see from the That's the right. Bond accoutrements behind me here. Yes, that so it wasn't it wasn't as long ago as I thought. Uh, we're getting, uh, of course, in his. Uh, wait a minute, sorry. Hang on one second. Dominica Saxon says, "Whoa, Jason Blair is all dressed up. What, what am I Ooh. doing? Yeah. If I'm not even going to get the credit." So, all right. So Mark has a Quarks t-shirt on. We'll give you partial credit on that. You know, it's like, a, it's like a hundred degrees outside in the Valley and, and I'm wearing long sleeves. Come on. Give me some credit. You know, uh, Jason Blair sleeve. is with us dressed to the nines, uh, to the deep space nine or the sevens of nines up to you. You decide which mm -hmm. thank you all for being here. Uh, I want to just bring in a couple of comments before we share our thoughts. You, uh, you uh, can't Dominica see Saxon it. also says, I really enjoyed this series and how it had a more episodic feel like the original series. Agree. And uh, checking in from Japan, Daniel Beck loved Strange New Worlds. And he adds, every episode was fire. Uh, and Dominica Saxon does make the point that yellow outranks blue. Okay. So that's why I don't get credit. Uh, in any case... I am uh, very interested in hearing what everybody thought about it. Uh, Nikki, because we spent so much time in the trenches talking about Picard, I, I feel like you've earned the right to go first. Just on the whole, you can talk about, you know, favorite characters, favorite episodes, any of that, but just sort of big picture, uh, your thoughts on Strange New Worlds. I love Strange New Worlds. Loved it. I was in it every single week. I love the characters. I love the episode. The, the, I agree with, with Dominicus with the episodic feel. I loved every single second of it. Um, and I don't think I have a favorite character because I was just so 
in love with the show. I loved everybody. Uh, I, 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 I agree with everything you said. Uh, my favorite is probably Sam Kirk because of the stash. It's really like <laughs> anybody who in any century who can rock that stash, uh, they're going to get a little tip of the hat, but I agree. I mean, I think that this is, this is the mirror universe of Picard season two. It is the exact 100%. opposite. The way that every fiber of my being hated that show. I was I was ready to love again and strange new worlds welcomed me with open arms and uh, I was uh, I, I was more than willing to return that embrace. Uh, Jason, uh, you and I have traded some just general texts in the time, but uh, overall, now that we're 10 episodes deep, what are your thoughts on strange new worlds? Um, my first thought is I've had two, man crushes in my entire life the first one was josh holloway sawyer from lost because his hair was amazing i don't disagree apparently i'm a hair guy because i literally am in love with anson mount's hair whoever his hairstylist is for this show has inspired me i need to get hair plugs and i need to get my hair turned like white and i just i want his hair so bad it is I'm in love. I'm in love with that man. So well, Jason, you're ro- you're rocking a nice swoop up there, kind uh, of Anson Mount ish. I like ish, it. About, ish. Got about a half pike going. Half That's pike. right. Yeah. This yeah. is definitely a half a pike. Good, good point, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my 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 two downsides. I will talk about the second one later. The first downside is it's only ten episodes. Sure. I just I miss those old TNG twenty six episode seasons yeah. that they had. Um, you know, it just, it, it came to an end too quick, especially when you had 13, 14 episodes of discovery. Uh, why couldn't they do that? They could have squeezed a three or four more into this. I agree with you that a couple more would have been great, but, uh, I think if they had done 26 episodes, they probably would have had the same budget for these 10 and they would have had to stretch it out. And you know what I've until Picard season two, what I always said about the streaming Star Trek series, the CBS all access slash Paramount plus shows is you never felt like they were cutting any corners. They were always big budget. They always felt like movie effects. Uh, And I think they got right back to that with this series. Mark, uh, I have not really talked to you much about it, but of course, if I, was going to talk about uh you know devote an entire hour or more to star trek i wanted to get your thoughts what did you think about this show well after first of all to step back as someone who liked but not loved picard season one season two drove me insane it was the most boring thing i've seen on television it really broke my heart i was it, it, it is the worst season of television that I've ever watched all the way through. And I, I think and I liked season one. It was okay. So it for, was the, right. for season two to suck so bad, <laughs> it is beyond belief. And to ignore certain things like the existence of Picard's brother in flashbacks just, or just drove me. He was me away insane. at college, they explained. I, even though his whole storyline was that yeah. he never left the farm, but... To have to go into a show that cares so much about the tradition of Star Trek, the storytelling of Star Trek, to give us little character moments that 
we remember from the classic series absolutely was a joy to watch. I loved every episode. My wife, who's not a big Star Trek fan, was 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 totally into the show. And I I mean, I love Christopher Pike. I liked him in Discovery, but man, I love him on Strange New Worlds. He is so good. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I loved number one. I loved, I mean, I loved the crew. Like sometimes with Discovery, I still struggle to even remember the crew members' names. But in this show, I loved every time I could spend a moment with any of the crew members on screen. It was awesome. And yes, I even Sam Rockwell, Kirk, I liked him too. The few the few scenes we got with him. Yeah, well, we'll, um, we'll get to that down the road. But yeah, I, I agree that. Uh, and look, I think it's a tricky thing. And, and let me know what you think, Nikki. When you're giving us the backstory of a character like Uhura, who we really don't know that much about her, so they they were able to do a lot. But I feel like they really told a great story that you know we would never have considered this idea that maybe she didn't think that Starfleet was for her. And honestly, even at the time that the season ends, it's, she's still not sold on it. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, look, we've, we've spent so much more time with Spock that delving into Spock's story. Uh, well, I thought Ethan Peck was great. Uh, I think, I think he's gotten enough screen time now where he gets to be bumped up to number two Spock in my estimation. Sorry, sorry, Zachary Quinto, but uh, you do some more movies. Maybe you can take the title back. Okay. Um, but what did you think about sort of, you know, delving into these stories, not just Uhura, but really giving us more, uh, uh, but she's a great place to start because she's a character that we have spent a lot of time with, but we really didn't know that well, did we? Yeah, I felt, I felt, especially as a, um, as a black woman who always looked up to that character and always wanted more of that character. I felt like I got what I wanted. I got, I got backstory. I got, um, I got this delightful young woman who, who, you know, is so, so exactly what I wanted Uhura to be. Like she was, she was exactly who I would have wanted a young Uhura to be. So it was, it was, it was great. I loved Ethan Peck as Spock. I thought he was, um, um, I thought he was, first of all, sexy as fuck. And secondly, um, you know, he, he I, I think the first episode I was a little nervous about him. And then I think, I think I bought it. I, I bought it hook, line and sinker. He is now Spock to me. Yeah, no, I agree. And a uh, specific shout out to uh, her name is Celia Rose Gooding, who plays Uhura on the show. And uh, I think she did a fantastic job sort of really, you know, and like I, the, like I was alluding to, it is really tricky to decide, you know, that, you know, let's, let's make a movie where Anakin Skywalker's a nine-year-old. It doesn't always work out is my point, you know? And uh, I think that it was a kind of a tricky thing. And I think that they did a great job uh, with her, but also obviously with Spock. Uh, what did you think, Mark, in terms of uh, Uhura and, and to some extent Spock as well? Oh my God. I am so hoping if the producers of the show are watching, I want to see Uhura sing while Spock plays along in the Vulcan liar. <laughs> I thought we were going to get it in that one uh, scene and, and the actress that plays her. I think she's got a musical background. I think she was on Broadway or something. I think 
Um, so I think she has a musical background, but I would I was dying for that scene. I was I, and I hope they do it still. But yeah, she's she's amazing. I love her as I love all the characters, like the characters that they've revisited. Um, I think she's equal to Nichelle Nichols. And I kind of have to say, all due respect to Major Barrett, Nurse Chapel was never this interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, to uh, circle back to Celia Rose Gooding, yes, she was uh, nominated for a Tony uh, and I guess won a, 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 I guess she won a Grammy for her performance in the Jagged Little Pill Alanis Morissette musical. So uh, that there is definitely a musical background. And uh, I'm sure that you can uh, give Ethan Peck a, at least an acoustic guitar. Uh, and uh, we could get something like that. What do you think, uh, Jason, in terms of, you know, these characters that have been around for 56 years at this point, right? you know, delving into their backstory, how tricky that can be and, and what we got in terms of, you know, I mean, it, it's a lot easier with Pike, who we really, you know, we knew about, we knew mostly blinking lights about him right. before he showed up on Discovery. You know? Right. And yeah, that's always the trick is you, you, you want the show to be like Star Trek, but not be the original Star Trek. And so, uh, you know, Nurse Chapel's obviously a lot different. Uh, you know, Spock, you, you can't mess with that character too much. I think Uhura, you got a little bit more just because she was never you know, the A star on the show like Leonard Nimoy was in the original. So there's a little more leeway there. I will notice, you know, in in episode 10, you know, we've now we've lost our our chief engineer who was also blind like Jordy LaForge, but didn't have a, a visor. Uh, but then when you notice Spock was in the Jeffrey's tube in season 10, I know it was seven years in the future, but Scotty was talking to him. So that's yeah. the, the the question is are we going to sort of do a season by season cast update where then, you know, all of a sudden then, you know, season three Sulu's on board and season four, you know, I mean, I, I, I hope they don't just hand it off that, you know, obviously. I, so. I, I, I understand that concern, but what I thought was interesting uh, in terms of that time jump that we had you know, you did have Laon serving on the Farragut and you had just other people were elsewhere in Starfleet. And I'm going to assume that, you know, these TV shows, for the most part, they keep the crew together because that's the cast that we like. But I feel like, you know, in terms of military deployments, which essentially these are in space, you're not actually all on the five year mission together. Usually, you know, you probably, right. you know, Spock should have gotten his own ship long before he ever did. You know what I mean? So uh, just as just as a way of an example, and, and Riker certainly didn't need to be, uh, you know, sitting there behind Jean-Luc as long as he did. So uh, for the sake of a show, and I, so I think it's kind of interesting, this idea of like, oh, yeah, the, the, the band occasionally breaks up. Uh, and, you know, you're right. Uh, we at some point, I am sure that they will give us a crew that is representative of the crew in the cage. And um we when this show premiered, I was like, oh, boy, we have a lot of different characters that aren't any of those. You know, I thought uh, Ortega's was a great character, but she sure isn't on the bridge by the time the cage comes. Well, around. my understanding was the cage had already occurred because yeah, that was in Discovery. What season two of Discovery? Yeah. 
they had the episode where they did the flashback to the cave, uh, right. the cage, and then Spock and uh, Pike had to go to those aliens with the big brains to sort of figure out where the the Klingons were going. So my understanding is that was actually prior to this. Well, if you um, guys both think it was prior to this, I'm going to have to defer to you. Right. So, yeah. and, 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 and by that, I mean, if Mark says it, I, I oh. agree with him. No, no offense, yeah. Jason. It's just, you know. So it was, but I, I just love how when they do the reveals though, they, they definitely tie it into the show. Like when the, you know, they had Spock and, and to bring uh, on Vulcan, uh, you know, the way they had the music and everything, it was just, it, it went right back to the sixties theme. And, and the other thing was when the, the Romulans were revealed, uh, you know, and they show the Romulans. I mean, the music was kind of that corny melodramatic, like, Oh, that's what well, they no, look it's, like. It, it's, it's but, like that sweet. It's like that. Dun, 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 right. Dun, which, it's the same. Yeah. And they it, use some of those musical suites and yes, we heard the Amok time music. You know, we heard that in Spock's dream and Spock Amok. Uh, so yeah, I think that uh, they did a nice job of incorporating uh, some of the visuals and uh, some of the music. Uh, Nikki, what were some of just, uh, you know, just, that jump out when you think about this season, these 10 episodes, uh, favorite moments, or if you want to, you know, we're going to go around and do favorite episodes. So this might be a good time to start with that. What were some of your favorites? Let me think. Um, I think I liked, um, I don't know. Come back to me. I got to think about it. Okay. Well, (laughs) I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll mention that uh, for me, I think that, the finale, A Quality of Mercy, was superb, but uh, I, I want to give a shout out for what I think was great was episode nine, All Those Who Wander, which was basically the aliens with Gorn. Uh, that, I was really impressed by how well done that was. Uh, that's probably my favorite. I, I, I'm going to hedge my bets a little bit and say that episode 10, I think, was the best of the season. But this was the one just sort of watching. I just thought that, uh, you know, the, the filmmaking and storytelling just all came together, uh, on that one. And that was the episode, uh, where we, uh, we said goodbye to our, our navigator, our Andorian friend, whose his name was Hammer, I believe was the character's name. And, uh, I, when that's, when this season started, I didn't care about that guy. I don't even think I liked him. And then he was, and then I'm like, wait a minute, no, I, I can't say goodbye to him now. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah. It's uh, interesting to me. That was actually, I think it's because I'm a copyright lawyer. That was my least favorite episode of the season. And I agree, it was well done. Uh, I will say episode eight, the one where everybody's like the prince and the castles and stuff. It's so corny. I hate that stuff, but I loved it because Star Trek always does that. They always have like the Robin Hood episode one yeah. season or whatever. So I understood the homage there. It wasn't my cup of tea, but I love that no, it was Star that, Trek. That, that, but, that's my least favorite is, right. is that one. So, right. Yeah. But I appreciated it for what it was because sure. Star Trek always does one or two of those a season where you're just like, okay, they're doing that. Uh, but Episode nine. Oh my gosh! Like how how does Ridley Scott not have a copyright lawsuit? I would I would totally take this case 
if the producers of aliens there's there's like at least 50 x-men stories that are basically this with a species called the brood so it's it's, you know it's it's been borrowed and lovingly homaged before i know but like the little girl the little newt character i mean she was newt you know i mean it's like you know that to me that was just like this is not star trek it was it was very well done but to me, that was the least Star Trekky episode of the entire mm-hmm. season. So. Spoken like somebody who probably has some Gorn hatchlings that are about to pop out. But uh, what about you, uh, Mark? Uh, what were uh, so? Uh, so wait, Jason, did you pick an actual favorite? You did. Did you pick episode ten? Because I think you're with me, and episode eight was uh, was definitely not your favorite. But uh, right. was ten? Uh, did you think ten was the best? Uh, yes, Mark. I mean, there were so many good yeah. ones. I mean, that's the thing. It's like okay. picking of, of amazing. But ten, what I really liked was it really established Pike because you had Kirk in there, but like it, it was weird because you you know you grew up with Kirk, you want to root for Kirk, but in this episode, it's like no, I'm rooting for Pike. Like I want Pike to be the captain and the leader. Like Kirk can play second fiddle to him. So I thought it was a really good way to sort of establish, you know, the strength of of Pike that he is really choosing his his as Dennis Miller would say his denouement uh, <laughs> rather than just ending, uh, uh, you know, as an accident. See, for me, that uh, that episode obviously established that uh, Kirk is clearly greater than Pike because Pike started an endless war and also killed Spock 20 years before Kirk ever did. So, uh, you know, at, at least Kirk gave him another couple of decades to survive. Uh, I want to spend some time specifically on that episode, though. Uh, Mark, uh, what were what were your favorites? And, you, you know, you don't have to pick one. Uh, you know, I don't and know. Yes, I, Nikki, I'm coming to you next. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there's one single episode that I thought was the best because I enjoyed them all. Episode, yeah, episode eight with um, I, I I didn't care for only because and, and really oddly enough, just because the ending, because the the story with Doctor Mbenga and his daughter, I thought was like, man, where are they going with this? And I just felt like at the end they just kind of wrapped it up and. And she just uh, evolved and yeah. left. I, I was, I, was I thought that would have been a great, just to interject, I think that would have been a great slow burn where his daughter, you know, stays in the, in the pattern buffer for at least into next season, you know, right. and, but, you know, maybe she starts to get a little sicker. So the visits have to be shorter. You know, I, I really thought that they were setting up some really long-term thing. So I agree with you in that sense that I didn't love that episode, but the the ending was actually disappointing. But anyway, sorry, back to your thought. That's all right. And, and plus the way I knew, I know there's a problem because he keeps her in the pattern buffer so that she doesn't get any sicker. So theoretically, theoretically, she's not supposed to age yeah. at all. And if you wait another season or two, that little girl's just going to, she's going to hit puberty and like, boom, you, you know, it kind of defeat the purpose. So I, yeah, I was, no, it turns into season seven of the wonder years. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's so many, I mean, anytime with Spock and to praying those, those interactions, I loved, um, there are, I, and I'll say it right now, I don't know about everybody else, but I was stood up and cheered at the thought that we're going to get Cybok. I think it's going to be so awesome. That episode, which I thought was an okay episode. I thought, uh, the, the, the space pirate chick was kind of a little hairy mud ish, but 
at the end when it was a reveal of Cybok, I was like, oh, that that just won me over with this show. I, I so can't wait to see. I, I really expected back. us to get Cybok, uh, you know, within the next week or two. You know, oh, yeah, I thought that was going to be the season. So finale. I'm glad that they didn't push all their chips in. You know, I'm yeah. glad that, so. uh, you know, and uh, yeah, look, if if they can uh, somehow, uh, you know, do some kind of track version of quantum leap where they uh undo the wrong and turn it into a right of undoing star trek five let's get cyborg let's get him for real <laughs> maybe uh that could be fun yeah i i did think that that was interesting i agree with you too that that episode was just okay it's very um the uh the discovery season four villain the the green skin chick the space pirate felt like her yeah. like it, it was very you know, it was like they've already given us a character like this. I know it's not the same show, but it's it's the same streaming service. You know, if you fall asleep watching this one, you'll eventually wake up and that'll be playing. You know, so um, yeah. But uh, what do you what did you think, Nikki? Highs uh, and or lows of uh, doesn't even have to be your number one favorite, but episodes that you were just really, you know, you thought were really well done. And you were really excited as you were watching. I actually really loved episode eight. I um. You know, it it tugged on that nostalgia thing for me with the, you know, with with the the play acting kind of like pretending, um, you know, it it was it was fun, and I I I was disappointed with the ending as well, um, but I think my favorite episode was episode six, "Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach," with the little kid who was being. Who was going yeah. to be um, sacrificed? Yeah, that was dark. Real was dark. Really dark. I was very surprised at how that ended. Uh, I figured in some way they're going to save that kid. Especially, there's like three false endings in that episode where I'm like, oh, at least the kid's okay. And uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that that is one of the more Star Trekky scripts that they did. You know, it, it that that feels the most like the original series in the the very unhappy ending that we get there. Yeah. You know, also, you know, look, the, the captain also gets some uh, alien action. So that also makes it feel like the original series. Uh, but yeah, I know I agree with you. Uh, just talk a little bit about what it was about that episode uh, that uh, that made it stand out for you, though, Nikki. Well, it was the things that you said, you know, Pike got some strange, which was nice. Um it's called Strange uh, New Worlds for a reason. <laughs> High five. Woohoo. Um <laughs> uh and uh and and I thought that it sort of it spoke to the the sort of moral lessons that we've always gotten from Star Trek. We've always gotten this really strong um this is what's right, this is what's wrong, and we're gonna do everything we can to do what's right. And to to have that dark ending um, where they didn't get to save the child to me was very, um, it spoke volumes about, about, I think captain, uh, I don't even know what it spoke volumes of. I just, I just really loved the idea of not having this work out in a happy ending and having Pike be sort of confronted with this tragedy that he was powerless to stop. And I, I loved it. I thought it was so well done and it and it like we actually cried my partner and I sat here and sobbed at the end of that episode because we were just like so moved by um by the loss 
Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a lot of times with the original series, you can have the feeling, you know, a similar feeling that you get watching the Twilight Zone, you know, the original Twilight Zone, uh, forgetting for a second that there's also a, a Paramount Plus version of Twilight Zone. But the idea that these are good people who did good things, they did everything right, and it still went wrong in the end. And just sometimes that's how it happens. And I think... A lot of, you know, even the more recent Star Trek series, things do tend to usually work out at least reasonably well. And, you know, the idea of, a, of, of this kid still has to die for the sake of everything. You know, they sort of make the point that the, you know, well, it's not all going to work if he doesn't. So we need this kid to do this. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. And uh, I think that's a perfect example of how this show really was able to, you know, capture that spirit of the original series. You know, I mean, the, the earlier episodes that we had, you know, and, and look, I think there's always this feel, I think that for streaming shows, there have to be big through lines and there is a major storyline that, uh, that Pike is dealing with from before the show, this show even starts, you know, knowing when he's going to die and the circumstances and, and all that. And I think that that, that's perfect, but not, but having it not be serialized, having it be episodic. I think that's what works best for star Trek. I mean, there's only the one, two parter in the original series. And uh, so if you give me one, two parter out of 79 episodes, I'm going to be okay with it. Uh, and, you know, look, season ending cliffhangers, that's all fine. That's more of a convention that we got to, you know, in the nineties with TNG. But yeah, I think the fact that, you, you can have storylines that run through it, but you know, you don't want these to be procedural Star Trek, but I, I think looking at these stories, you really can isolate them individually, you know? And uh, I think that is, uh, that is reasonably important. Uh, and in terms of the episode I was thinking of, which I think was, Oh yeah. I mean the, so strange new worlds is the title of the pilot. So uh, that's, you know, how they have to basically uh, break number one out and, you know, they do the disguises and all that. And that's when we get to meet them. Uh, I thought that that was a good way to really start because it seemed like Christopher Pike wasn't uh, getting back on the bridge of a ship anytime soon. And uh, to save number one, I thought really made a lot of sense. Um, did... Uh, for any of the three of you, whoever wants to jump in, did were you apprehensive when the season started that you were like, I don't know if I'm going to get this. I feel like they did a good job grabbing me. I think maybe the second episode wasn't, you know, it didn't blow me away, but then, you know, just watching it week to week, I'm like this, this I think was really good. Let me ask you first, Jason, did, was there, were, were there any points in the early episodes, you know, where it's just like, Oh no, is this going to no. be what I don't like about Star Trek or do you feel like they kind of hit the right tone from the beginning? Yeah, very very beginning, which uh, you know, I don't know why it took uh, whatever two and a half years after Discovery to get this out and and I was just worried that honestly what I was worried about is the first two episodes would be pretty good and then it would fall off. I I kind of forget the first two episodes of Picard season 1. They weren't too bad. They were. I was no. actually like, this is going to be good. They're setting up a lot. And then they just kept setting up and setting up and setting up. 
And so these two, I remember, I think texting you, I was like, if this keeps going, it's, it's great. Um, and so really it was by the time we got to see uh, season four, I guess uh, episode four, I was more a glass half empty guy where I'm like, damn it, I really like this. And we're already almost halfway into the season. Yeah. Um, and especially with 10 episodes is it, it's strange in that you've got, you know, like I said, the 26 episodes of TNG, but they would always do a couple Wharf episodes, a couple Wesley episodes, a couple Crusher episodes. Whereas with the original Star Trek, it was, you know, William Shatner made it be all Shatner all the time. And he was the main guy. Well, when you've got only 10 episodes, that only gives you with this cast some of these characters only had really one episode that was about them. And so I, I wanted more of that. And I think that that was kind of why I was panicking just cause I was like, oh, I don't have much. Like I, I, I definitely want more to bring. Uh, she's probably my favorite background character, which for reasons we talked about on text, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's something I, I was telling a Christian, there's something about Vulcan women that when then when you meet their human actress, they're never as good looking as the Vulcan woman because I think it's just the the emotional aloofness is what I mean, makes them attractive. It's yeah, because like you, you didn't you didn't want to see an interview with Jolene Blaylock on the Arsenio Hall show because right. then you know she was just being herself and you're like, no, that's not what I didn't want. Yeah, but to Paul yeah. was hot, and to Pring is hot, and uh, the, the the actresses. <laughs> not that they're unattractive. They, I, I like but, them a lot. But so look, we're just Vulcan you're really you're really centering things. on the ears. Is that what it's coming? I, down I don't to? think it's the ears. Okay, I think that's... it's just the it's no. The you know what it is? It's it's that they don't need you. It's that, it's that <laughs> I, I no, think they have no need of, of, of the men. I think so, you have that. You've got yeah. exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> Um, I, I, I do want to uh, talk a little bit about the crew and, you know, sort of tying into this thing of moments where I was a little nervous. Uh, I thought the actress's name is Christina Chong. She played Lon Noonien Singh. And when she said her last name was Noonien Singh, I was like, oh, come on. I just I, felt I got like so scared. I, got I so felt scared. like I'm like, they are really going to mess this up. <laughs> uh, but she really turned out to be one of the most interesting characters. I mean, I think that the reason why I like episode nine as much as I do, because they'd been building up her backstory all season about, you know, having to deal with the Gorn when she was a kid and finally, you know, getting the sort of the catharsis of watching her smash that frozen Gorn, I thought was like a, you know, it was like a payoff. Um, that was, I, I thought that that was a great character and it was interesting. And, I uh, hope that uh, season two starts with her, you know, returning to the enterprise and she can have had her own adventures off screen. Um, but uh, as, as we see in an alternate timeline, she ends up back in Starfleet anyway. So hopefully she's not gone for too long, but uh, Nikki, you were saying you had the, the same reaction when they said her name. I was terrified. So, so for me going into this series, I was, so hopeful because we were coming off of the gloom and the the horror that was Picard. I was so hopeful about this series that when I heard the name Nuni and Sung, I was just like, "Motherfucker! If they do this to get, <laughs> if they do this to us again, I will be done." Um, but she turned out to be one of my favorites, and um, and I really loved the whole Gorn storyline, and 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 she ended up being beautifully vulnerable in ways that that I that you you kind of didn't expect when you first met her um 
and I loved it. I, I, I was totally terrified that this was going to suck. Um, so I was very happy, happy to get into the second and third episode and be like, this doesn't suck. I think we have a winner. I think we have, I think we have a winner. This is going to be great. And, and it turned out to be exactly what we needed. Uh, what did you think, Mark? Uh, did uh, did did you did it make you nervous? Did your heart go a flutter in the wrong way when uh, she said her name? Oh yeah, in the first episode, because I went in, I didn't know anything about the show really. I tried to, I stayed fairly spoiler free. Yeah. Me and too. when she's like, "Oh, I'm Lon Nooney and Sing," I just kind of, I did. I rolled my eyes. Not only, <laughs> not only that, but we have a, a, a Khan's descendant, and then when they introduced Kirk's brother. Yeah, I was just kind of like, "Oh, are you kidding me now?" I mean, I, I, I was like, "Sam Kirk now is going to be a thing," and <laughs> um, he hasn't really done a whole lot. But yeah, I, I liked her. I was waiting for someone to yell out "Lon," but that didn't happen yet. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, there's gonna say it's still time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like Doctor Mbenga. Um, yeah. So far, all the uh, other I, characters of I've loved the the Navigator uh, Ortegas. I, I, I yeah. first I didn't think I'd like her that much, but I. Um, because at first I couldn't, I was like, I was getting confused between uh Lon and Ortegas, but then Ortegas, I like her sense of humor a lot. She's um, she's kind of becoming one of my favorite characters, but then and then Christine Chapel, I was really nervous about. I somehow I didn't know she was going to be in it, but I didn't either, actually. Um, she doesn't look anything like her, so I think even in yeah, a cast and, photo, I didn't assume that's who that character was. Yeah, I yeah. And, and so. But the, as the season went on, I really started to warm up to her, and I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping they do the, um, the uh, do the, uh, sort of an origin story of her relationship with Doctor Corby, from uh, I think it's what are little girls made of, her in 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 the classic series, her old right. love interest, who was who built the robots and the and the one dude Lurch from uh, the Adams family is going around killing people. And that was like her ex-boyfriend. So I'm kind of curious yeah. if they're going to introduce him. And if you show how that relationship started, because that's really the only backstory you ever got. I, I was just going to say that like, that's sort of all we have for Chapel. Right. So that would be good. And, and that she had a crush on, that she has a crush on Spock and knows how to make a Vulcan plumique soup. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> I did. I did like sort of the way that, uh, you know, they're, their friendship uh, uh, blossomed as it were. And that if anything is going to happen with them, I'm glad it didn't happen yet. You know, yeah. I think a lot of times, you know, you want to rush some of these things and uh, I think letting them play out, you know, the, the doctor's daughter, that seemed to be a little quick, but not going into Cybok during this first season, I think is a, is definitely a nice thing. Um, in terms I of, was, uh, I was really surprised that, Rebecca Romaine wasn't really in the show as much as I thought she was going 100%. to be. I agree. Yeah. And I love yeah. her character. I think she's fantastic. But yeah. yeah, I don't really think we really got much of her compared to some of the others. Yeah, I, no. I wonder if it's a budget thing. Because now, now they've set it up where next season we might not even see her until the finale. You know, it so could be I one of those much. type of deals. Yeah, no, look, I think that's a good point. Uh, I, I think that we'll still see her. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, there is a storyline with her that should have annoyed me. And that's when her and Laon want to, you know, try and be more fun and spontaneous. And that episode also uh, is, is that Spock amok. 
And that is the episode where the Vulcans repeatedly say how they don't like hijinks. And I don't like hijinks in my Star Trek. It's like how I don't like magic. But I, they made it work. They made the Freaky Friday thing work. And I didn't, I, you know, if you told me, like, look, middle of the season, there's going to be a Freaky Friday episode. I would have been like, oh, God, what are you doing? Somehow it worked. And uh, I liked it. And I should have hated that storyline where they were like, you know, doing all the, the whatever the bucket list thing was called that they well, were Kirk, trying to do. Kirk had his Freaky Friday episode in the original Star Trek. So I was kind of surprised that he kind of dipped into that bucket. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I th- Look, and, and for all the reasons I thought I shouldn't have liked it. Um, but that was, I think, the most... I mean, other than that, number one really is, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of like... Well, being Pike's, you know, number one is right hand, you know, a lot of like, hey, are you okay dealing with the fact that, you know, you're going to die? You know what I mean? It's like she had that role for the most part. Uh, So I think that's why I like that storyline. What do you think, Nikki, about Star Trek and hijinks? I like some hijinks in my Star Trek. I'm not going to lie. You know, you know. You know, I love, I, I like the magic in my Star Trek and I like sure. some hijinks. I like some silly. I like there to be not too much. Like, I don't need Jean-Luc Picard in a beret with a stupid French accent. Oof. Oof. Um, and the eye patch, yeah. And the eye patch, that was Oof. too much. But yeah. there's there's a line and I think that uh, I think that we didn't cross it in this, this series. Yeah, look, uh, this side of paradise and trouble with tribbles stand out from the original series. Be- I guess piece of the action. Those are the three that you can be like; those are funny. But it's not like there's half the episodes are like silly and funny. So uh, I-, I do like silly. I like fun in my Star Trek. But Freaky Friday is classified as hijinks. I think if you check the Starfleet handbook, it is it does fall under the the appendix <laughs> on uh, on on hijinks. But they made it work, and I think that's the thing that really impressed me about the show is, look, it is a familiar format of seeking out, you know, strange new worlds. You know, it's like we, we've, we've gotten a lot of this. You know, we've gotten, what, now we're up to like 775 episodes, I think. You know, so we've gotten a lot of it, and they made it work with that classic feel, uh, but, you know, with a nice fresh coat of paint on it. And somehow it worked. And, you know, I was hopeful, like you, Nikki, that they were going to give us a good series after the really bad one they gave us. Uh, But I think my anticipation was that it wasn't going to be as good as it actually was. I just thought it was going to be it was going to be all right, you know. Uh, But uh, so I was very happy with that. Um, I want to spend a little time about episode 10. And you were talking about Ortegas before. And I think they did a really good job building up her character uh, in throughout the season so that when we got to episode 10 and it was the seven year in the future version of her, she really fulfilled the role of the navigator in the original series uh, Balance of Terror episode, you know, and it didn't seem out of character. You know, it was a very calculated, you know, the fact that she stood up to Pike and was like, we have to do this, that there was that voice. Cause he, you know, he needed that voice. And to his credit, he assembled that room full of people to give him advice in that episode. But future Pike, which I thought was great to see the, uh, you know, the Star Trek two red uniforms just touches like that. I mean, they know what they're doing. They know how much like 
like Mark, you must have liked with the reveal. You're like, oh, he's wearing that uniform. That must have been that. That must have been a great moment, right? For you, oh Mark? yeah. I mean, to see to see Pike, something that we know we won't see, and yeah. because the the timeline, but to kind of see him in one of those uniforms. And if you look closely, it was just it, since it was an alternate future. It's a yeah. little off, but it was like it was a li- just a little bit different, so that you know that it's probably a variant of that same uniform. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was one of the many little touches that. Uh, yeah, that I loved. but I I think being able and you know there's videos out there uh, on YouTube that you know have some of the scenes side by side. Uh, I thought that uh, it would have been a nice touch. I think that the actor who played the Romulan commander did a great job. I just think that they should have used the same actor who played uh, Sarek on uh, Discovery. I thought the same <laughs> Because thing. it was Mark Leonard yes. in the original series. Yep. So I just thought it would have been like a nice little touch. But I, obviously also, it's probably better they didn't. <laughs> but when, they did, what... when they did the reveal, they almost did it shot for shot from Balance of Terror because yeah. Ortega's does the little turnaround from the her computer and she kind of looks back at, at Spock exactly i think it was sulu that did it in the original it's yes. almost a, i i, I simply watched scene. the original i hadn't seen it in a few years uh so i rewatched it uh actually yesterday and yeah and the fact that spock has similar dialogue that he had in balance of terror yes. just in different situations i thought uh was well done i think that that is uh i think to me the best done episode because they did uh, uh, pay homage and it was also 62 minutes. Like, don't be afraid to go over an hour. Thank you. None of these 38 minute Disney plus episodes of shows. We got a 62 minute. If, uh, if Stranger Things can do two and a half hours in their season finale, Star Trek can do 62. <laughs> 62 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what did you think about uh, the way that episode 10 Nikki gave us sort of this, the, you know, it, it highlights on, you know, I mean, I don't think that when I think back uh, before this, when I thought back in the original series, I didn't think about how pivotal that encounter with the Romulans must have been. Uh, but to really show the difference, how important really Jim Kirk is in the timeline, I thought was uh, I thought it was a really interesting approach to telling that story. What did you think, Nikki, about episode 10? Yeah, no, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was brilliantly done. Um I uh, the episode ended and I turned to my girlfriend and I said, do you realize what just happened? And she was like, no, what? And I was like, okay, so there was this other episode and I and I explained it to her and it it was so well done. And and I don't even know how to. um, First of all, Ortegas is hot. That's that's just one thing. Um, And um, by the way, let's just let's just pause for a second you want to tell anybody want to take a moment to talk about the uh the unattractive member of this crew go ahead but uh i don't think they gave us that they did not give us an <laughs> in the future member. everyone's hot <laughs> everybody's hot in the future um yeah no i thought that they did such an exceptional job with this and it was such great fan service like it, it was like you know for for people who 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 know the show it was like <gasps> Look at what they're doing. This is genius. And who thought of that? Like, who who thought to make that? I, I mean, I just thought it was so well done. I don't. I can't say. Well, I can't say more about it. Whoever thought of it, Alex Kurtzman will say he thought of it. 
For the uh, record, the, the Andorian chief engineer did not do it for me. But other than that, it's, uh, yeah. All right, well, you speak for yourself, <laughs> all right? Technically, he's uh, not an Andorian, though. Yeah, it's a sub-race or whatever, yes. but yes. Yeah. He was like an offshoot, yeah. Well, you know what? You don't have to worry about looking at him next year, all right, Jason? <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but, uh, you know, and I know we touched on it already, but uh, as the episode goes along, uh, and we're getting some of those nods, Jason, uh, just uh, talk a little bit about, you know, watching that, you know, and knowing that it was the the season finale too, to kind of go out on a, a big note like that. What did you, what did you think as you were watching that episode? Uh, like I said, I just, I'm hoping that we're not in one of these situations where it's an 18 months to come out with a new season now. Uh, I, I guess I, I just felt so glass half empty on the 10 episodes that when we hit 10, I was just like, man, this is not enough. I, I, I loved it so much. I just, it's like, you know, so I was down on that. I, I, I'm interested to see if we'll get Scotty next year. Um, that I'm very excited to see that. Um, I'm just trying to kind of think that they've hit so many of the classic Star Trek tropes that now I start thinking in my mind, okay, we have another 10 of them. What are the tropes that we haven't had yet? That well, we, we, we didn't have a Klingon all year. So right, right. I think that, no that, was, that, that was some nice restraint, by the way. Yeah, and, and 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 you know, I obviously they they're continuing to build the Gorn as as the big bads from from this now, and and I just don't know exactly how you relate those, and I, I guess because they were children Gorn or whatever that you know they seem more like animals, and that you know they have an alpha and they kill themselves and all this type of stuff. How do those aliens become you know space traveling and spacefaring and and actually? sort of uh intelligent like that to more of a you know sentient creature um i guess they'll expand on but i i do want to see more of the gorn even though i i kind of poo-pooed the the ninth episode for being a lot like alien right. it was still like it was well done i enjoyed yeah. it but when you saw the guy breathing you're just like you know aliens are gonna pop yeah. out of his we know what's chest. gonna happen yeah, yeah. so uh, and, and dominica saxon that. says that he liked the episode because it was so anti-star trek because you know i guess it uh you know it, well you it hate star trek so okay great. no dominica saxon <laughs> watched all season what were you gonna say mark i was gonna say if jason's gonna represent ridley scott he should also maybe represent david fincher because that end sequence was straight from alien 3 where they're trying to herd it through the hallways. Exactly. Uh, almost yes. exactly like Alien 3. So Yeah, I mean, maybe, there was, a, there was big, all the aliens here. Class action lawsuit or something. And then you had, you had Newt, for so you got James yes. Cameron involved. Well, that's so. right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... Well, James Cam James Cameron's too busy making five movies none of us want to see. that He he doesn't even know that this happened. Now, I'm uh, really about curious. Go ahead. I'm really curious, as far as the last epi episode goes, This I don't know how controversial this might be, one of the weak points, and I don't even say weak point, I'm still not sold on the actor they have as James T. Kirk in this. He's, for me, I don't know. I, I'm not. I, I agree. I, yeah. He, I, agree I don't know if well. it's the build. He doesn't have that Shatner barrel. barrel. He, he he seems like a little underfed or something. I don't know. Well, I don't know is. if I want to see him much anymore. I mean, yeah, it's not, like he, he's good as a one off, but I, I hope they don't get to the point where they start bringing him in more. I, th I think he served his purpose for this episode and, you know, he shouldn't really be that familiar with captain Pike to or begin Spock, with because of, think. 
because of you know the menagerie, he didn't really seem to know who he was. Yeah. So right. So um, the fact that we got him through this, you know, alternate look at the future, I think does work. I agree with that. Right. And you know, Pike knowing a little bit about Kirk is fine. Uh, but yeah, I would hope that we don't. They they wanted to cast somebody else as him. It was uh the blonde guy from Vampire Diaries. I don't know the actor's name, but uh, I read that somewhere, and I think that whoever this actor was was a better choice. I, yeah, that's, that's two a, two things production wise that were kind of just in the weeds, but I really was impressed by, and I don't know why, was the fact that the medical blues that the doctor was wearing were more of a powder blue, whereas Spock's blue, the science blues, were a little bit of a deeper blue. Where on the original mm -hmm. show. They were the same blue, and I thought it was interesting. They made them slightly different. I don't. It's minor thing. And the other thing that I on episode eight, the when they were, uh, the fact that Anson Mount was fine, sort of being the wussy guy and just real the weakling and whatever. I just kept thinking about how William Shatner would never allow himself to play that role. You know, they would write that and he would say, no, I want to be, you know, he's going to either be in the doctor role just magically because he's going to fight for the doctor's kid or at, at the very least they would put him in the, uh, in the navigator role where, you know, using the sword and all that type of stuff. He would never be the, Oh, we shouldn't do this. You know, I could just, so I thought that was very I, cool that Anson. Mount I agree. Did that. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree with that. I think uh, Anson Mount clearly thought it was fun to play sort of this you know scaredy cat version of uh, Captain Pike. Uh, so as we kind of assess the fact that we got you know ten really solid episodes in this uh, first season, and uh, my understanding is that they're in production on season two now, Jason, and that sometime next year we'll get it. And what I always say, if with any of these shows, when the, the thing that's left for the episodes is the effects, just go ahead and take your time. Don't rush it. You know, this isn't like a, a network series where you have to be on the air like October 1st. It's fine. You need another couple months so that the effects actually look good. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll figure out something else to watch. I'll, I'll be okay. Maybe, maybe I'll finally watch uh, Star Trek Prodigy. You don't want uh, another Kenobi Mole Man driving the driving yeah. the van. So, well, okay. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. You have these uh, these deadlines and things. But uh, as we kind of think about the fact that uh, we'll get more of the show, Nikki, uh, what are you hoping for? Uh, and it can be, you know, things from previous Trek that's gone by. Uh, what characters are you most interested in seeing more of? Uh, what are, what are your hopes for season two, Nikki? You know, I just hope it doesn't go off the rails. That's that's <laughs> like I just hope that they continue to make good Star Trek. Um, I think that um, I'm really interested in seeing what happens with number one. Um, I'm really interested in. Um, how they bring Lon back to the Lon Lon back to the crew, um, and um, and I'm looking forward to seeing who's going to replace Hammer. Yeah, I, I I feel like they they shouldn't jump to Scotty right away. You know, I think it would be good if we got somebody else, uh, and and then at, you know at, at some point, uh, See, I, I think actually... one. I actually would love it if they one by one over time individually brought all of the the characters in, just slowly brought them in 
every season we get a new one of the original series characters would make me happy. Yeah, well, I you know, we 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 can't get check off soon enough for me. Uh but I think that uh yeah, uh, I think that one of the things that will help is if they don't have the kind of turmoil they did on Discovery where through what five seasons they've had like 15 showrunners. So if they can have the people behind the scenes be consistent, it doesn't have to be for, you know, every year, but uh, if you can have the same people making the show next year that made it this year, uh, I I think that'll go a long way. Uh, Jason, what are some of the things that you're hoping for in terms of, Whenever the show comes back, what are you most excited to see more of or to see for the first time? I totally agree on your point of showrunners because if they change the hairstylist for Anson Mount, <laughs> I don't know, I'm out because his you know, you look back at him in Discovery and it was like he looks like a totally different guy. Like his his hair was darker, it was a totally different hairdo. So I just don't want him coming in next year and he's got some weird sort of mohawk or something going or a perm. on. But, Maybe yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, a, like a nice Mike Brady perm. <laughs> right. Or yeah. So I, I, I need the hair to stay the same. Don't mess with perfection. Yeah, no, don't, don't give us a uh, George Clooney season one of ER, uh, you know, Julius Caesar cut. Don't, uh, don't do right. that to the, uh, I, I don't, I don't want that. I don't care if he says it takes too long in the, in the chair. You, I need that hair back. And then, I mean, uh, could it possibly take as long as it takes for Ethan Peck to get those ears? Come on. Yeah, it can't be that long. Uh, you know, I, I, I still want to see more to pring for reasons we stated earlier. Um, <laughs> because she yeah. doesn't need you. <laughs> I need her, but she doesn't need me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I just think just keep doing what you're doing. Don't change the showrunners. Don't you know? Don't don't change the formula because it works. I, I think that, you know, we'll eventually have the Cybok thing. I hope it's not a whole, I don't want it to go season long arc type thing. Bring him in for an episode. Uh, you know, he can feel your pain and then, and then go away. Um, so yeah, I more of the same. I, I don't know what to say. It's, it was just so good. You know, uh, during the course of this conversation, we talked about how the, the sort of space pirate episode was very reminiscent of Harvey Mudd or wait, is he Harry Mudd? I always sure. do that. Yeah. See, but I, I caught it this time. I knew, I knew I'd said it wrong. Harry Mudd. Uh, and remember in this timeline, we still could get rain Wilson as Harry Mudd. Uh, is, does anybody want to see that uh, pop in on, uh, on strange new worlds in a future season? Uh, I don't think I need it, but uh, I, I, I wouldn't did, be mad. I do good. like the character, so I, I would be okay with it. Yeah. What wait, were you wait, say, no, I can't remember. Was he on Discovery in the yeah. first yeah. first He's, season? He showed up twice on Discovery. Yep. In the first because that show is so different from season to season. I can't yes. even remember, you know, it's like not even the same show. Well, it's because um, of the 40 people who've been involved with the, the decision making for the right. show. Right. But yeah, yeah. I'd I'd love to see him involved. I think that would be okay fun. I would I, I would like to see Cyrano Jones uh, from the the space station in uh, Trouble with Tribbles. I don't. See you know who you need to talk to, Christian. We need to get some. Uh, we need to get some Clint Howard back on the show. So, <laughs> I mean, he was He's your neighbor. He was in, Make a call. He, he I, I've I've run into him at Vons around the corner. Uh, what about you, Mark? What would you other than Clint Howard? Obviously, uh, what would you uh, like to see? 
doesn't even have to be second season, but what are you most wanting to see from this show? Yeah, there's, I mean, again, I'd like to see, I want to do, I do want to see some Cybok just come into a great episode and then go. I mean, because obviously Spock hadn't seen him in a long time in Final Frontier. So he's not, shouldn't be a recurring character. Just one solid episode and go. Um, I don't know how many of the classic Star Trek crew served with Pike. Um, so I don't know how many they could realistically bring in. Um, Cause I, I don't remember if in the menagerie, if Uhura mentioned that she knew, I don't think she, I don't even know if she was in it. I don't much. think she mentioned it. I don't yeah, think she so mentioned I think it. They're she, not locked into her one way or you the kinda other. You kind of got the yeah. idea that Spock was really the only one that was yeah. really super loyal to him. But um, other than, I mean, really just, you've got a great core group of characters. Um, they've established now that they have this Kirk, I'm curious. And they've established that he was on the Farragut, which, in this timeline, he would still be a lieutenant on the Farragut. And I think in the episode, I think it's called a Metamorphosis or maybe Obsession. There's that episode where he goes after the cloud creature that nearly wiped out, that wiped out most of the crew of the Farragut. I'll be curious if they maybe do that storyline, if they bring back. Yeah, look, I, I think that especially if it goes beyond season two, I think that they're going to I, I think we'll definitely get Jim Kirk again. Uh, and yeah. uh, I I think for existing canon reasons, I'd rather we don't. But I feel like I agree because I want to throw that to us, I think, you know. Yeah, so. I didn't really get a lot of chemistry between him and Spock. I mean, now that was an alternate future, but I don't, I don't yeah. need it. Um, the only character really I know at some point, Dr. Mark Piper is supposed to come in and become chief medical officer because he's the medical officer before McCoy in right. uh, Where No Man Has Gone Before. So I'll be curious if they bring him in. Um, yeah. Other than that, just really br- work on the characters you have. Um, and does anyone know Lieutenant Kyle in this? Is he supposed to be the same Kyle from... We have an Asian Kyle on this crew. Is he supposed to be the same... Kyle transport chief or the transport operator in the classic series. Uh, I don't, I don't know that, but they have the same last name and it's, it's Mr. Kyle and the classic series. They had a Mr. Kyle who I'm I'm sorry. Was he Asian in the original series? So, okay. Well, that doesn't mean that it's not the same character. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily. Oh, speaking of, you know, um, I am glad they brought, I want to see more of, Captain, I don't know what he is, Admiral, I think now, but Robert April, the original captain of the oh, Enterprise yeah. before Pike, who was only ever appeared. Um, he was in the animated series. Right. With uh, he was a retired Commodore, and he was, I mean, he was a white character in that, but other than that, he no actor played him. But um, I when I saw the pilot, I didn't know April was gonna be in it, and I I thought he was great. I, I want to see more. Uh, I would like to I hopefully they bring in uh, Robert April some more and bring him on the enterprise because uh, i thought i thought he was an interesting character and yeah. he was the original captain of the enterprise and going back to something you said uh christian when you said about i don't know why i didn't think about this when you said when we first started watching it if we were bought in and it, it just dawned on me the thing that i was keeping me from being bought in in the first episode was they kept mentioning lieutenant kirk will be coming and yes. and yes. I was just like, oh, they're they're gonna shoehorn a young Kirk into this show, and it's not gonna make sense, and it's not gonna be canon. And so, like, it was just hanging over the whole episode. And then they pulled that little switcheroo at the end of, oh, it's not Jim Kirk, it's it's Sam Kirk. And then like, oh, okay, it's good. So it, it, I, 
they did it kind of as I think as a joke on all of us in this room, the yeah. non-casual fans to just be like, <laughs> we are going to destroy this show. And just waiting for us to be up they, in arms. They wanted to see how many heart attacks they could yes. uh, instill in the course of like the first like half hour of, of the show. Uh, yeah, look, I, I agree. And, you know, Nikki and I have talked a lot about one of our things about discovery, which more often than not, I do enjoy that. You talked about it yourself, Jason, that there's characters that have been on that show the whole time that we really don't know. Mm -hmm. Don't introduce a bunch of new characters, whether they be characters from the original series or not. Just deal with the characters that we have and yeah. let's spend some more time with them next season. You're right. There's and that Asian guy on the bridge of Discovery. Like he's in every episode and I still don't even know his name or what he does, but he stands on the bridge and he's just he's the Asian guy who has a speaking line in every show. He periodically gets the con, as they say, but uh, he doesn't get to make any real decisions. I agree with you. Uh, Dominica Saxon kind of agrees with uh, Nikki. Uh, bring, uh, 100% agree with Nikki on bringing the command crew in bit by bit. Yeah, don't don't bring a bunch of them in in an episode. Don't bring a bunch of them in in a season. Uh, I, and I, I feel pretty strongly. I would like a different transporter chief. That's not Scotty next season. I love Scotty. I want to spend time with him, but you know, it doesn't all have to happen at once, you know? So, um, yeah. So, and honestly, at this moment, I, I think that I don't really know what we're getting next in terms of live action Star Trek, uh, on Paramount plus, I don't know. If Discovery is ready to go at all this year, I, I think that's a next year. And I think Picard season three, which the you know unofficial title will be the apology uh, season three of, of Picard. Uh, but I don't think that's till next year either. And this show definitely won't be ready. I, well, Picard, so. Picard season three, I think is done. I think well, they, they, they three back yeah. to back. They so, did them back to back, so yeah, I guess that that maybe that's next. But I, I was gonna say, I, other than that, I'm I don't not think ready to go ready. back to Picard yet. I, I know, even though they're I'm gonna give ready. us all friends, I I do, yeah, I would, yeah, I don't, I I'm not ready. It's too soon. The wounds yeah. are all still very fresh. On I agree. You know what? I, have you ever talked about the ready room? With uh, Wesley Crushy with Will, no, I never I, see. I don't talk about it because I don't watch it. Oh so. my gosh, it is so bad. I I, I thought That's I hated okay. Wesley you, you, Crusher. You need to tread lightly when you talk about Will Wheaton. Do not. I know. Uh -oh. Will Wheaton and Wesley Crusher in front of me. I'm telling you, everyone craps on Wesley Crusher. After watching the Ready Room, I'm like, no, Wesley Crusher was great. It's Will Wheaton that is awful. He, that guy. He is just so, I don't know. You, I you have always to watch feel bad for, I, I've used this, I, I've referenced this before. I always feel bad for Will Wheaton because of the moment in George Takei's documentary where he runs into him at a convention and George Takei says to Will Wheaton, point blank to his face, oh my, you've gained weight. And, and yeah. Brad even says to him, like, that wasn't very nice. He's like, what? But he has. And he's like, you don't say that, George. So I feel bad for Will Wheaton basically for ever for since I saw that moment. <laughs> yeah. I look, I'm not saying he hasn't had, you know, issues to deal with. And he might be a very nice guy, but oh my gosh, he's just so he's such a lap dog and he just everybody talks to him. He's just like, oh, and then we're gonna do this. And it's like he's like, 
Oh, it's so. It, God, if they it's gave like a me kid like ten percent, whatever they pay him, I could talk for hours about how great Picard season two was. I'd be more than happy to sell out and just talk about how amazing <laughs> it was. Uh, so uh, let's not fault Will Wheaton. Uh, yeah, and, brother's uh, got to work. Yeah, you know my my pal uh, Tom Kelly got into a back and forth with Brett Spiner on Twitter, uh, talking about how bad he was on the show. And Brent Spiner wrote to really? him, if I knew we were going to talk about it, I would have had the screen grabs. But Brent Spiner says, Tom, I see on Twitter that you like to work. I like to work, too. So he didn't even say that the show was good. Nice. He was just right. saying, like, just which, which, did not by the way, the show at all. How, what's that? Wait, wait, sorry. What's that, Nikki? He did not defend the no. show. He just defended he knows. his desire to work. Yes. Yeah. No, and that's, say, that, that's fine. But uh, going back to Star Trek canon, how inbred is the Nooney and Sung family? They look exactly the same <laughs> over a 400 year span. It's like there's no other genes coming in here. It no. just. Every gene is the Brent Spiner gene. It's, it's one of those. It's one of those fertility doctors that only uses his own. Must be, yeah. Um, We've had four so different like, ones. What's yeah, that? Yeah, literally. We've I mean, the, four different ones. So the yeah. guy in 2024 Los Angeles looks exactly like the you know the the older Noonian Sung who then created Data, who then you know then he has a son named Adam Sung. And don't don't forget the Noonian song that was in Star Trek Enterprise during the eugenics. They had like a little there was right. a storyline in Enterprise where Brent Spiner played yet another Noonian song. Right. That, that so the, so, he, so genetically, more. look, you know, I mean, I'm sure I look like my great grandfather in some way. But at the same time, if you're looking somewhere in 2000 and then in 2200 and in 2400 and your kids all look exactly like you, something's wrong. It's uh, it's one of those family trees that goes straight up, I think, is what you're saying. Uh, in any case, uh, look, uh, it's always delightful to have an excuse to talk about Star Trek and delightful to gather all of you together. Before we say hello to the rest of our panel, uh, let's say goodbye to those of us who have been here. Nikki, uh, don't just tell people where they can find you, but uh, take a moment to tell people about your short film. Yeah, I just wrote, directed, and starred in my first short film. It's called The Crossroad. And it's about a woman who goes to the crossroad to make a deal with the devil to save her child's life. And I'm super excited about it. You can learn more about it on my website, uh, which is NikkiBaileyComedy.com. Or you can find me on all the social medias at NikkiBailey underscore. And um, Mark, are you still podcasting about the apes or have all the apes material finally dried up? We're on kind of a hiatus right now. Um, next year, Marvel's reacquiring the comic book rights to Planet of the Apes. And the fourth movie in this new series is, is still rumored to be coming. So I think we're going to get the band back together pretty soon. We're kind of, again, on hiatus. So I didn't I'll, I didn't realize that there might be another movie in the, the yeah. existing series. Yeah, Disney so, acquired yeah. Fox and they're, oh. uh, they've got, uh, I forget, I don't even remember who the executive producer they got a showrunner and everything so they're they're in they're kind of in the early stages for the next film uh, and it's going to continue on where the last one's left off so yeah D disney does not like to let intellectual property gather any dust so yep. uh that that seems about right but if people want to keep in touch with you how do they do that mark um at mark coin c-o-y-n-e hunt on twitter i'm kind of off and on every now and then um, i'm kind of on facebook i did a a little bit. I, I, my wife and I were just in uh, London in April for most of most of April, 
and I did we, I did a big um, James Bond lo filming location scouting trip and recreated various scenes from Bond movies filmed in London and posted them all over uh, my Facebook page. So if you find it there, it's it's a lot of interesting stuff to look at if you're a Bond fan. But other than that, just uh, we are me and my wife are now empty nesters, so uh, enjoying the empty nester life. My oldest is about to turn seven, so I can't even wrap my head around that. But uh, I welcome the concept of silence one day. Uh, Mark, you said that you're on and off Twitter, uh, mm -hmm. mostly just off Twitter is Jason Blair. Uh, almost never yeah. on, right? I think that's almost never way. on. Don't don't tweet me there. Uh, yeah, I'm I, also I, not an empty nester like you, Christian. You've, you've got a full nest with your triplets. Yes. Full nest. Yes. And uh, anyway, yeah, if you, if you want to find me, uh, I am uh, I am Jason Blair at Smith Gambrell and Russell is my law firm. I do trademark copyright work, uh, trade secret, uh, right of publicity. Any of you creatives out there who need help with your IP, reach me up, Jay Blair at Smith Gambrell Russell. There, I'm doing a just a flat out pitch for work. There you go. Hey, look, uh, the amount of times we spend on copyright law on this show is uh, obviously that's uh, welcome. Well, thanks mm -hmm. to everybody in the chat, especially Craig who stayed up late across the pond. Nikki, just the tone of this was uh, so much more pleasant than the. Oh, the it weeks, felt so the good. It felt good to love Star Trek again. It, it had does. been a while because even this most recent season of Discovery, it was so like painfully slow. You know, they should have uh, they should have given this show three of the episodes that they had budgeted for that show. And then they still would have told the same story. It just would have happened faster. But you know what? Let's not complain about that. Let's just, uh, you know, you made me nervous as we were talking. I really hope that Picard isn't the next thing we get. I'll, I'll take I'll take anything. I feel like we lower should be decks. getting a lower deck. Yeah, yeah lower I think decks. it should be a lower decks next. Yeah, well, no, lower decks is actually happening soon, but I, I in terms of live action, uh, so at this point, um, and uh, Dominica Saxon will leave on this question. Jason, is it a trademark infringement to wear Star Trek uniforms when you aren't a crew member? It's a great question. The question is, is, do you think that this show is produced by Paramount in any way? Well, <laughs> I, I think a better question would be, it's not copyright infringement, but I guess, is it stolen valor? You know, that we're <laughs> pretending that we've served Starfleet? You know? So. Exactly, I, I don't think yeah. you're pretending anything. You have served Starfleet faithfully since you were young, since you were young boys. Thank You've you. You've been Star Trek fans your whole lives. You earn the right to wear those uniforms, man. You know what? By watching the entire second season of Picard, I can do whatever I want. So yeah, I agree, I agree with Nikki hundred percent. Oh, and well, just for the record, my yeah. t-shirt, this is an, I have been here. This is uh, one of the, my, I went there too. The, the quarks bar from the Star Trek experience, Las Vegas. May it rest in peace. Yeah. It's not there anymore. I, I know. It's no. not there anymore. They tore I down the whole casino. And now we continue the conversation about Star Trek. Strange New Worlds, joined by creator of new content every day, DJ Flobito. Flo, bro, bro, how are you? I, was, I thought, is that the Frank intro? Oh, it's me. It's me. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here, man. Is this part two or, or part three? Part two? This is the second part of the conversation. And, oh, yeah. Uh, the second and final part, I think. Uh, I don't, I don't want to beat a, a dead horse, although... If I did eight shows, or really, I think it ended up being six for Picard, uh, I should actually do more shows for a show that I actually enjoyed. Also with us, 
Happy Go Jockey himself. Frank Moran. Frank, how are you, sir? Doing well. Doing well. I'm oh, there's a little uh, little garbled connection wise from uh, from Frank. I don't know if Remus. Frank, if you might want to pop out and come back in, we'll see how that goes. But uh, I'm oh. gonna uh, I'm gonna kick things over to DJ Flobito himself. Hey, start with Flobo. Uh, for people who may not remember, Flobo's journey with Star Trek uh, really began with Discovery. So, uh, you know, you've uh, been along for some of the other shows that have come along since, but uh, I assume that you've seen at, at least some of the original series. As someone who's newer to Star Trek, yeah. I want to start with Flobo. What uh -oh. did you think of Strange New Worlds, the 10-episode season that is now behind us? Well, I liked it. I like I liked it a lot. Uh, I think it was a very cool companion show to discovery i'm totally forgetting about picard being any kind of big hit, big companion to anything uh it was kind of it was kind of it reminds me of the the mid-2000s mustang when ford decided you know what we're tired of making new bodies we're just gonna do old bodies look new and this is what it was my only concern with strange new worlds is because it wasn't discovery a lot of older fans the present company included or excluded just kind of this glossed over the errors or the shortcomings of the show because it was peeling to the nostalgia thing which for me had this whole discussion of well how can you move forward a franchise if you have to somehow reference what it was specifically and directly so i enjoyed it i loved it way better than picard but to me it got a really quick green light a pass from a lot of uh, long-term fans uh, I think that that's uh, fair uh, in, in some in, in some regard. Uh, I think that uh, I might be a little bit more forgiving. Uh, and I, I think uh, Frank and I, we might have a few moments where we were maybe nervous uh, throughout the course of it. Uh, but ultimately, I was very happy with it. Uh, happier than I've been uh, in, in quite a while for any of, especially for any of these streaming Star Trek shows. But uh, Frank... Uh, what uh, were your overall thoughts and uh, were you apprehensive before it started and how did the show address any apprehensions you may have had? I would think, well, I know that we had talked during Picard and we would just occasionally, we'd see a, uh, a still of uh, Spock and his sideburns and we'd be questioning some of the choices there. Correct. And so uh, I felt like, you know, going into we're like, oh man, this is not going to be great, is it? Uh, but boy, uh, you had seen it before I did the uh, the first episode, and was very, and you were very pleasantly surprised, and I, I felt myself find uh, the same way. It was great I, for my, uh, and I've said it many times. You know, the, uh, the me wanting Trek to constantly keep going forward and not being so obsessed with just telling these stories in the past. Uh, given the popularity, I think uh, you know of of Pike and Spock in the second season of Discovery, and the idea of like, hey, these seem to have a good resonance with fans. Let's do a series based on these characters. Uh, I'm down with it. I mean, there's certainly you know, I think the overall thing of well, how are you going to do a show set in the past that is still going to look at least on screen uh, more futuristic than the original series did, and how do you reconcile those two things? And I feel like I don't know. I feel like that for me, I'm like. I love all all the series in that sense, but I can't get held up on the timeline just in the terms of advancing uh, the way that you know technology and television production have advanced since the original series was on the air. So I'm willing to forego those technological continuity bits and just. Oh, enjoy now it. you are. 
Because <laughs> after Buzz, you're like, oh, there's view screens and holograms, Discovery, fuck. Well, they tried to explain it away. They're like, yeah, Pike doesn't like those view screens. He likes the old-fashioned way. He That's likes right. to use radio waves. He uses a microwave. He doesn't want a food replicator. He doesn't want to transport in a fancy way. He wants to get all mixed up and uh, roll the dice as to whether or not you come out. You know, uh, Frank and I, many times when we were at AfterBuzz talking about Discovery, our biggest complaint was, why are they always going backwards? Why do you have to tell these stories where you go backwards? Why can't they go forward? How come we haven't seen anything in the continuity for after Nemesis? I mean, to some extent, the the JJ verse, you know, the Calvin timeline did give us a little bit of a glimpse of, of an advance, but really we hadn't gone forward. And then we went forward with Picard and we went way forward with Discovery. All of a sudden, going back doesn't uh, feel so bad. Is, 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 is that a fair statement, Frank? <laughs> uh, I would I would think so. And I think the one thing that I did enjoy about it is I thought they approached the show as a whole uh, nicely where it was individual episodes, yet there were bits that would connect throughout the series uh, and the season so that you could uh, have some little bits of character development that would kind of arc over the course of the season, but you could treat each episode as its own entity. And I thought... Overall, that made for much more enjoyable episodes than the more so heavily serialized nature of Discovery. Yeah, I think uh, the most recent season of Discovery was my least favorite because it was serialized and it was a story that they could have told in at least three fewer episodes. And if you have it less serialized like this and the episodes do kind of stand by themselves, but it wasn't like a let's do a sci-fi procedural, you know, let's do let's do, you know, NCIS uh, Star Trek. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not on board for that. That's what uh, this show was. I guess, even though I guess you would have Scott Bakula in both. Th- this show is, is NCIS Space. It's specifically NCIS Los Angeles. In space. Well, <laughs> no, that was Picard was definitely NCIS Los Angeles because they used two locations and they, uh, you know, they like drove around the block uh, for a car chase, as I have mentioned in the past. But uh, it did carry through a little bit more. And look, I haven't watched a procedural show in probably 20 years. So maybe they are a little bit less. Uh, there is a little bit more carryover from episode to episode now, but I I thought it was good to have you know especially like the doctor's daughter in the the pattern buffer, which is something we can talk about. Uh, I think that I like that there were things that carried over, you know, uh, Spock into Pring. There were storylines, but not in the way where it was too much focus on it. I think the individual stories felt consistent with star trek and yes the original series but also tng and deep space nine you know i, I think that uh, they measured up in that respect and honestly I, I don't care about a lot of the other shows after that but um so uh flobo did you feel that dealing with this earlier time frame it did kind of exclude you. I mean, there were the first episode definitely had references to what happened on discovery in season sure. two. And that was a theme that really carried over throughout the season, which uh, I thought, but uh, what, what do you feel like was maybe the biggest hurdle you needed to overcome to try and enjoy strange new worlds? Um, they made a good, uh, a good job with making it. If you watch strange new worlds in the bubble, which I did, 
uh, it was they made a good job of giving you a nice on board and on understanding these characters. You know what I mean? Like I didn't feel like I, I had to do a homework assignment like I did season two of Discovery, where they have to have like, my book out and stop the the stream and like look up Memory Alpha to find out who and what is this. Uh, but I will say this a little bit of context for me. Concurrently, while the show is going on, I'm on this show called Starbase 80, where we go back to classic Trek and we're watching those shows too. But then seeing the difference of interpretations, like the Gorn, for example, I thought we were a joke, right? But like, no, they're serious now. Okay. And so it was like, those to me was kind of like, do I pull the well actually card and say in TOS and it, it was presented differently. It's, it's, it's a whole different thing. Or do I sit back and go, Hey, look, the whole point about having new shows and new stories is to tell new stories. So that was like, as the show went on was something I had to deal with. Hey, nurse chapel is quirky and fun on this show, but she's a total bore and drag on this show, which one's real. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, look in Gene Roddenberry's defense, he did not have the advent of being able to rip off Ridley Scott uh, to tell, Tell, uh, an aliens like story which by the way is one of my favorite episodes despite how derivative it is of another franchise i thought <laughs> that was one of the best done um but yeah i think if you're like well we need to present the gorn the way they look in the original series we need to have the romulan vessel look the way it did in the original series i think you're really handcuffing yourself in a lot of ways i think it's good to have them be consistent with what's come before but not be afraid to give us a new interpretation. Um, when I had an uh, earlier conversation uh, with uh, our, our friend Nikki, uh, my friend Jason, my friend Mark, we talked about one of the, the most pleasant surprises for me, and let me know what you think, Frank, was uh, Uhura, because for as long as a character's been around, I felt like I didn't know a ton about her backstory. So I felt like they were able to really explore it and she is very different in this show, but in the way where I'm like, yeah, but I could still see her growing up, you know, spending some more time in Starfleet, which I thought was a nice angle for the character. So I thought they did a, a great job uh, really giving us backstory for someone that personally I, I didn't know that much about. What did you think specifically about Uhura, Frank? No, I, uh, I I agree. I did enjoy that kind of character arc that they had for her. I don't know if I could buy the the way they kind of wrapped up by the end of the season i felt like you know i i see where they i mean they needed to get to that point i just don't know if it was done as elegantly as it could have been but uh overall uh i did like the arc and i did like that the interpretation of the character and it was it was nice i mean a, a chance where you can see some older characters and get a chance to get some backstory that you never got a chance to get into uh on the original series i mean we were only so focused on you know, Spock, McCoy, and Kirk in terms of backstory. We rarely got any, you know, other than like Sulu-like defense. Oh, cool. All right. But so we rarely got, you know, those glimpses in any of the other kind of uh, main characters. So to have a chance to be see it explored in this series was welcome. Yeah. And uh, Flobo, for you, you know, whether or not they had completely rewritten her backstory, it probably wouldn't have mattered. Uh, and just sort of starting with her, uh, but we can kind of move on and expand to other members of the crew, uh, Uhura and Spock, you know, who they really, I think that they did a good job uh, for everyone who is pictured for the visual audience, everyone who's the main characters on the show. I think that they gave a decent amount of, of service time to 
and uh, we got some good backstory. Uh, a lot less about number one, I think, than the rest. But uh, I think we really got to know uh, some of the others. What did you think about getting to know the crew, Flobo, on Strange New Worlds, which to me is still a complaint about Discovery, the crew members who've been there going on five seasons that uh, I still can't remember their name because they get like three lines a season. Uh, what? I wish you could. Reese, Bryce, uh, Lieutenant Nielsen. Oh, look, yeah. Man, I, now you're I, reminding me of all of them. I'm like, yeah, th that's be, what be, I'm talking about. Before I, I want to say this about Discovery. Now people always say that the crew doesn't get their, their shine. It's about the crew. It's not about the crew. The episode number one has a mutiny. It's an insurrection. The whole show is about a number one, which is why I was disappointed with what number one went through in Strange New World. She arguably had the richest backstory about being an augment, but it seemed like she was always secondary or tertiary. It was like another character stepped up that week, as we used to say after Buzz, the ABCD, above and beyond the Call of Duty. And it felt like the first and second in command was always in the background, like a, a doting mom or something. And I was... The most frustrated with her, uh, with Una Chin Riley, but everyone else was pretty was pretty great. Like I, uh, I, I learned so much about Enars this season just to get up into Hemmer's backstory, and Ortega's has like, the best balance to to compliment Pike as being like you know confident in their abilities, but being like homely too. So I was fine, yeah. Uh, and uh, Hammer, I'm glad you mentioned him because he was the character where in the pilot, I'm like, all right, crotchety bones knock off not as done not as well done i'm kind of tapped out on this guy and uh he won me over which uh made it worse <laughs> you know <laughs> that uh i was like god damn it i didn't care about this guy and now you've made me upset that he's not going to be around anymore um I, I i i liked him and the character who i think they they did a good job with and i i said this earlier and i want to know i want to go to you first on this frank how nervous were you when she said her name was La'an Noonien Singh? You know, it was. I also just don't know if, like, was there enough gotten out of that that we needed to have that last name? Like, because yeah. I feel like that opens up more just issues that why would you open yourself up to that? So for me, I was like, character was, was interesting, but give her just a different name because I don't know if there was really anything gained. Right. What I'll say to that is I, I usually reserve judgment. I'm like, let's see if they do more with that next season. Um, but although they have her not on the crew uh, at the start of the season, I, I suspect she'll be back and they'll come up with some work around. But just in that moment, I'm like, oh, God, they're going to mess everything up. And then I, I, I'm, I prefer that they actually didn't do anything with it than that they utilize it in a way where I'm like, oh, so what we where everybody's going to forget that they uh, got a visit from the Botany Bay already. You know, I thought right. I was really afraid. I'm like, how are they going to use that? Oh, they didn't. I'll take that. Uh, our pal Craig Robinson in the Craig chat. Robinson. The uh, hey, I Frank, think, where are you? Frank. Hey, Frank. Oh, there you are. <laughs> he says, I think they did a good job with getting to know the crew in this one, especially with the Pike cooking scenes. Uh, I do think that that was kind of a, a nice thing that they added to kind of, you know, really kind of humanize one him. They showed this love for actual cooking, which uh, honestly, if you're going to have a scene where he cooks, you might as well have Jim Kirk and Jean-Luc Picard in there because when captains of Star Trek franchises get together, they always cook. So uh, that's something we can maybe look forward to. Maybe Janeway will cook. 
uh, Janeway, Cisco, and Pike will all get to cook at some point and hopefully not face an adversary, just cook. But uh, legitimately, I thought that it was, they did a really good job fleshing out a character that, let's be honest, we did not have that much of. I mean, the most we got of him was in Discovery. And I think they that this was consistent with that portrayal. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I appreciated getting to know him and then sort of this, these crew get togethers, which is something that you see a little bit more of, you know, even in, in TNG, you know, with like the poker games and such. Um, let's, let's talk about the captain. Let's talk about Pike. Uh, what did you think of him, Flobo? Uh, did you feel that it was a logical, as Spock would say, logical carryover from Discovery? Did you feel that uh, this maybe didn't feel like the same character, or did you think they did a good job continuing him? Absolutely, because not only do we have Pike as a character is weird because it's obviously that Kirk was a recast of Pike in a way. And then you have like yeah. the 60 sensibilities versus sensibilities today. Cause Pike can't be going on like he's James Bond and slapping ladies in the behind and telling people their toots. Right. But then you have someone who's confident in their abilities, but gets everyone engaged. It is a very small needle to throw without coming off as hokey. And this is the perfect redemption story for Anson Mount. Um, I'm sure Frank, you saw Inhumans. Uh, <laughs> that was a whole different beast altogether. So it really was a win. And I'm honestly, and I'm honestly, if the worst people can say about a captain is his hair is big, then you've won because <laughs> you found a way to hit all of these points from a story standpoint and a character standpoint to breathe new life in the character to the point where we saw Kirk at the end of the season. You're like, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> like that to me is awesome. Yeah, well, you you mentioned Kirk, and uh, it, and it is at the end of the season, and we did talk a little bit about it earlier. But uh, Ivan Soto in the chat is asking this exact question: Paul Wesley is Kirk. Did you guys like him? I've got a short answer for that. Not particularly. Um, I he just didn't feel like the same character. It wasn't the way he was written. I think he was probably written like Jim Kirk. I just didn't feel like they had cast him with an actor. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, look, I, I think Chris Pine was great casting for Jim Kirk. Uh, but the, so you can cast that character and uh, do it well. And uh, I, I didn't I, I think that they came up with a good workaround as to why we were able to see him in one episode. You know, because, look, just in case maybe they only made one season, they'll be glad that they got him in there. Uh, what did you think of Jim Kirk? I'll ask you first, Flobo. I thought this Kirk here was fine for the episode. Like if I hadn't seen TOS, I'd have been like, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, this is, this is the cock short guy who's very smart at what he does, thinks very cerebral in a way, kind of like Pike, but kind of the opposite like Pike. So I can see how they're similar, see what they're different. But you're right. And I and it's something that I have to get come across too when I go back in time and watch old Star Trek that I'm coming with 2022 sensibilities. But those characters are so wildly different that if I grew up with TOS, I'd be like, not my Kirk Patui, <laughs> you know. But uh, I think let's see. Hashtag not my captain. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> right. Um, what about you, Frank? What did you think of James T. Kirk? He was, uh, I mean, he was fine. Uh, you know, it, it was one of those where I'm willing to give the little bit more rope to him. And, you know, if we see more of him in season two to just see, uh, you know, get him a, a little bit more screen time, a little bit more uh, writing and just see if I can kind of see that character start really coming through in the performance. I mean, I, you know, it's Kirk because I said it was Kirk, but you know, yeah, there's room. I thought yeah. there was still room for improvement. 
uh, Ivan says he'll be a series regular for season two, which uh, I, I think if they do like five or six seasons, you could bring him in. Um, I, I, I would rather see him as a recurring, you know, you get him in maybe once or twice a year. Uh, I would rather just not see him for a little while. I think that this should be a little bit more of a standalone show, but uh, I understand the desire to have Kirk in there. Um, I think I liked Sam Kirk uh, more than I liked Jim Kirk. <laughs> yeah. And I basically just said that for the laugh line. Sam Kirk is, is all right. Um, I, I, I just, you know, I'm in awe of the mustache. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> you know, it's uh, next, next I wish the show wasn't so keen on trying to get to Kirk in this because, you know, we've yeah. got 10 years before the accident happens with them. So, you know, I feel like uh, for Pike. So we've got some room to breathe. You know, give it, you know, give me a season, you know, three or four. Before we start yeah, really that, 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 that's that's how how i felt uh, about that um but um you know flobo referenced it and uh, i wanted to give you a moment to weigh in uh there's a, a, a friend of mine uh daniel beck lives in japan he's a uh, a semi-regular basically when we do episodes about baseball or Star Trek, he finds his way to the black cast. And then the rest, you know, <laughs> it's not really down for, which I get it. Um, he really didn't enjoy this take on Nurse Chapel. Um, I found it interesting. She's going to be younger than sh we're used to seeing her. So uh, it's, again, one of those things. It's sort of like, I guess it's a bit hypocritical. Uh, I'm willing to give a little bit of leeway on that character because she's not as well established. Um, I, I thought it was interesting. Let's put it this way, that their take on them. What did you think of Nurse Chapel, Frank? You know, that's one of those where, I mean, she is like a, a minor part in the original series yeah. and also written with a very, you know, 60s sensibility for a minor character. So, and Flobo, I thought it was, you know, it's touching on this as well, where you're kind of going back from a, you know, 2022 perspective into a show uh, that was originally written and aired in the 60s. Yeah, you know, I, I just feel like for minor characters like that, you know, we can't just, we can't write to, as to what they were like in the 60s. It's a little bit more staid and, and a little uh, more boring. And I feel like if you're going to have these characters in the show, I think we owe it to them to get them more fleshed out. And so I'm down for revisiting these characters and, and I'm good with some adding some some more to these characters. I, this, I was more interested in what I saw in Nurse Chapel than I saw in the original series. So what you're saying is you're hoping for Yeoman Rand in season two. Is Yeoman that, Rand! Uh, hey, I'd be taking that. want to do something more? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I'm half joking, but I would definitely like to see that. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the, the new cast that we got, the new characters that we were given, uh, I, I definitely enjoyed them. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, on uh, Ortegas, I think, uh, is a character that seems like she would fit more in the more modern Star Trek shows. But I, I don't feel like she's out of place. It just, you know, in terms of like the the sort of more laid back, you know, jokey nature. Uh, but I, I think that that really helped kind of give us a tone for Pike that maybe I wouldn't have expected. You know, yeah, like if like, you watch the cage, uh, you don't really feel like the bridge was that fun. You know what I mean? What were true. you going to say, Frank? I feel like with uh, Ortega, she is like a a twenty twenty two character dropped into the show. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Are sixty characters kind of uh, tweaked to make them more uh, more well rounded into twenty twenty two. Yep. 
That was my hangup. I felt like she just walked off a set. Like, oh, yeah, I was see, going to Picard, but this show's way better. Like, so my, yeah, right. <laughs> she she showed up at the wrong soundstage, and they're like, you know what? Just change your outfit. Yeah. Um, exactly. So I agree with that sentiment, but I liked her. So I was like, mm -hmm. it's okay. I think it was a good presence uh, on the bridge. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I like, uh, you know, we'll spend a little bit of time on the season finale, but I like the way that she really, you know, she stood her ground up to a point. But then, you know, obviously when people know their rank in the chain of command, uh, I think uh, I think that uh, that's good. Uh, uh, Dr. Mbenga, uh, I think, was an interesting character. I thought the I referenced it a few minutes ago, the daughter trapped in the pattern buffer really could have been a storyline that they could have gotten a lot of mileage out of. So uh, as, as I said earlier wa with uh, the other group that I spoke with, the uh, the fantasy fairy tale episode was definitely my least favorite. And also the fact that that episode tied up a storyline that I was like, man, they could have gotten a lot of mileage out of this. Um, I, I was, I, I think in some ways, maybe they really weren't sure if they would get to do more than the one season, but, uh, I really felt like, you know, don't, don't stretch it out for six years, but, uh, you know, they could have taken that beyond 10 episodes. And honestly, it was beyond what, seven episodes. Uh, so, uh, what do you think Flobo in terms of that, just from a storytelling standpoint, uh, are you glad that they got it out of the way? You didn't want them to milk it for too long. Uh, well, first I want to say that of all the original characters here, my favorite one besides Spock, uh, uh, Spock and Kirk is, is, is Nurse Chapel. I know we just, that was like two characters ago, but that's what to say. Nurse Chapel. No, no, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 and I, I really like her interactions with Spock. Uh, I, I, uh, you know. Don't, because it was uh, kind of creepy uh, watching yeah. episodes of the TOS and um, the animated series. And it was like, why are you upset? This is, this is like a weird fetish. But now watching the relationship, you go, I get it. So there's kind of layers and it's like a professional thing. But you understand each other. It's great. Mimbenga was someone that I I was trying to figure out the mystery, right? Because he's like the chief medical officer here, but he's not the chief medical officer in TOS. So it's kind of like that weird tragic thing. Like, is he going to die here? Is he demoted here? Is he going to get demoted here? I thought the daughter would be cause of his demotion of keeping in the pattern buffer. I would say this. As someone who absolutely hates holodeck episodes, I am shocked that that fairy tale episode is the least rated episode of Strange Worlds. Because essentially it was a holodeck episode and just went in a whole different direction. I right. enjoyed it. I love the sniveling Pike. I thought I saw evil Queen Uhura. Mm-hmm. Okay, girlfriend. <laughs> was great. Uh, but I'm kind of glad it wrapped up because you know what? It, it was a story that had no advance. It was always a, a beat that was repeated. Hey, Dad, can I stay out? No, you have to go inside. You know what I mean? I think it was almost yeah. no, it was always, we have a cure. No, we don't. And I felt like if something will happen, if something that was going to change, you might as well just wrap it up. Yeah. I think that uh, I would have liked to have seen the stakes raised a little in that, like, you know, he wouldn't really be able to take her out for very long, but there would have been some reason why it's like, you can't just leave her in there until you find a cure, even though we know that Scotty stayed in the pattern buffer for what, 75 years. But you know, uh, I, I I thought that they could have gotten more out of it. It's fine. It didn't ruin the show for me. I was just felt like it was a missed opportunity to just sort of tie it up and then send her off, you know, really never to be seen again. Uh, uh, where, where do you come in on that? Or you look like you had a point, Flobo. I, I don't have a point. I feel bad for Ivan. He's been asking that question about Prodigy all that episode. Are we going to talk about that or no? <laughs> uh, I mean, we can. I, okay. I, I, I So... Ivan asked in the chat, uh, do you guys watch Prodigy or is it too kiddie? It's not like Young Justice where it's more serious. Um, I watched a pilot 
the the like whatever the first two parts of Prodigy, and uh, it felt very familiar. And I, I've said this before. My problem with Prodigy is that I was halfway through it, and it, they reminded me. They mentioned the Federation. I'm like, oh right, this is a Star Trek show. I thought it felt like a Star Wars show. Like I kind of lost myself in it. And uh, I I love that we get Kate Mulgrew doing a voice. But I haven't seen beyond that first episode because it just, I don't know, to me, it didn't feel like Star Trek. Uh, and I think like Star Wars kind of lends itself better to animated, more kid friendly fare. Uh, it didn't do it for me, but not so much that I would never check it out. Flobo, did you watch Prodigy? I watched the entire season. Um, it's the only show where I actively do not like. Uh, they do a good job because they do mention like, like it's a glossary of terms for kids. They get them in it. But, like, if I was a kid that grew up on Prodigy, any other version of Star Trek would be so different. I'd be like, what the hell? (laughs) So, to me, it doesn't really serve that purpose. But, hey, look, man, CGI rules. What did you think about it, uh, Frank? uh, I mean, I I do have my Prodigy back tat. That, uh, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I thought it was a tramp stamp, but it's an actual whole back tat. So whole you back. actually branched yeah. out. Got yeah. to represent. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've only caught little snippets of it. You know, yeah. uh, I came for the Jason Manzukis, and uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I keep saying, oh, I, I should check it out. I should check it out, and I never can pull myself to actually. It's, it's like me with Lower Decks. If 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 I put on Paramount Plus. I'm watching Beavis and Butthead or, or South Park. I'm uh, I'm not going to the to the animated Star Trek. You give know, it a chance. Just, at some point, I probably will. You said uh, last but, year. You literally said the same words last year. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, there's a little bit of a Star Trek drought coming up, so uh, I'm more likely to do it now. Um, but I, I wanted to kind of give you a chance to talk about it. it doesn't have to be so much that same storyline. Uh, did you feel like there was anything that you felt like was resolved too quickly, whether uh, it be Dr. Mbenga's story or was it like, oh, boy, they really could have milked a couple years out of this. You know, they gave us Kirk earlier than we possibly needed him. Uh, Frank, was there anything that you felt like, oh, this this really we could have gotten more mileage out of this? Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, I can understand probably why they did it. Uh, the the whole fairy tale episode, because I think like. You know, there's always that like, hey, let's do the one outlier episode for the season where either yep. they're all in you know the the past and they all have to be cowboys or they're you know, whatever. So it's always great for the cast to be able to do a little something different than just always being on the starship starship set. So I could see the allure of that, but I also felt like there was still like you more mileage to be milked out of that Nimbega daughter storyline. And it, I mean, it's always a tough thing when you have like a, a plot device like that. How long do you? drag it out before you lose viewer interest. And so that's always a tricky thing. So, uh, but I agree with you. I think there was more, don't let it go on for too long, but I think there was definitely more to be mined out of that than how they kind of truncated it so early in this season. Yeah. A uh, little interaction in the live chat. Uh, Ivan asked, do you guys like Rebecca Romaine? And I, I Craig actually, Craig actually jumped in. Uh, don't think her character brought much to the show. Ivan, the show ship could have done perfectly fine without her there. And I think that's the fault of sort of what Flubbo was saying, that they didn't do enough with her. What, I'm sorry, what were you going to say, Frank? Oh, yeah. No, I for me, yeah, no, I uh, I agree. That's with Flobo. She was the one character that I was most interested in seeing uh, because, you know, certainly, you know, Pike and uh, Pike is a little bit of action in the cage and stuff. But uh, number one, a little bit in the cage. But, you know, most of the stuff that I've always seen with number one has been in, in novels, comics, 
so I was excited, like, hey, let's dive into more number one. I've always been interested in that character. And I just thought of everybody on this cast here this season, she was the one that was least served and uh, disappointing. I mean, where they end at the end of the episode, uh, I mean, I guess we'll see maybe more of it in season two. But yeah, I mean, that was sort of what I thought was that, okay, maybe they're saving, you know, season two will really focus a lot on her. But, uh, you know, so I agree that she was uh, underutilized in season one. Perhaps they make up for that in season two. Uh, let's kind of talk about uh, high points. Uh, Flobo, was there an episode or two that stood out for you as this this was the best of the season? Well, first of all, that intro right there uh, quickly became my favorite. <laughs> I was a Discovery guy. I even like Lower Decks, but that intro really gets you in the mood. Um, I forget the name of the episode. Was it Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach? Or something along those lines with the kids being mind induced. That's episode six. Lift us where suffering cannot reach. Uh, yeah, that uh, that episode came up uh, a, a lot, actually, in, in the uh, earlier conversation. That one really does stand out. I and mean, it stood out for you, Flobo. Oh, absolutely, because it, it shows the darkness of space. Because, look, there's bright colored uniforms. Everything gets kind of ended up in the end. But one thing I like about late period DS9 is that there are issues that you can't solve in 42 minutes, which is the thing I worried about going into this serialized thing. And it basically was a moment where Pike was like, forget it. It's Chinatown. It had to leave. And I was like, thank you. I want stories like that, too. Tell me when they lose. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that... Uh... You know, uh, I, I made the point when I was talking about it earlier that there's times where the original series has those moments that you maybe don't get in some of the later series where it's just like, man, this seems really preventable. This is really tragic. This is sad. Produced by Gene Roddenberry. You know, it's like it's almost it's almost like the Twilight Zone sometimes so, uh, of the original series where it's just like. Oh man, <laughs> I, I didn't expect to get so bummed out. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, that one was just like, you can do, you, you know, you can do everything right and it all still goes wrong. And that's what happens in, in that episode. I thought that was a, a great story, you know, just sort of dealing with that, uh, you know, that, that society and sort of how they utilize children and in true Star Trek fashion, the captain put the strange and strange new worlds. So good for him. High five, Pike. Um, what uh, What about you, Frank? What was an episode that uh, really stood out for you? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I felt like the, uh, was it uh, Memento Mori? You know, that was an interesting episode. Just I'm always interested in always a good kind of uh, space battle uh, kind of episode, how you kind of, uh, you know, where it gets more like submarine-esque in a Star Trek episode. So, Oh, yeah. Me Memento Mori was uh, episode four. Yes. Uh, yeah. The the unknown malevolent force uh, was that episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that one was good. And I do want to spend some time on the season finale of Quality of Mercy, which I think might be the best, you know, from a production, from a, you know, just from writing, just in, in all ways, I think that might have been the best one. But uh, for me, the uh, alien knockoff uh, episode nine, all those who wander. Uh, I felt like they did a good job creating some actual, you know, scares and mystery, but also finally paying off Laon's backstory with the Gorn. You know, I think 
that that was one where they played it just about right where if that carried into another season and she didn't really confront him like all right yeah we get it we know you know your story is not that dissimilar than burnham's where her parents were getting killed you know uh so uh but i think that uh they dealt with it i think that the the baby gorn uh were really you know really creepy looking and i think that that kind of suspense that kind of tension i thought was great and uh you know it also brought us a new a new entry in the lore of star trek that not all red shirts wear red shirts so sometimes mm-hmm. the people who get killed just got promoted uh, <laughs> you know, that, the, that uh, was like i'm a lieutenant now i'm like oh you're gonna die aren't you <laughs> i thought the pacing of the scene when uh they were analyzing the one creature in sick bay as he is kind of going into that final transformation for the gorn to kind of erupt from him i thought the pacing of that just kind of bugged me that just like dragged out way too long uh and i was like come on guys yeah, no i mean i was like no shoot him no shoot him just <laughs> do it it'll be fine kill him. oh look what you did it's like yeah. you got you, you got gizmo wet or you fed him after midnight you know it was like a real gremlins moment <laughs> um but uh, uh, yeah think, uh, go ahead sorry Frank. give a shout out for uh spock and mock just for the cyborg Shout out at the end. Yeah, I did like that they didn't rush Cybok into the episode. And maybe we'll finally get a good Cybok story. Uh, as Look, as great as Star Trek V, The Final Frontier was, uh, I I thought that that was, uh, that was a nice reveal that I didn't see coming. The Spock Amok <laughs> episode I thought was good. I should have hated it because like the Vulcans, I don't need hijinks in my Star Trek, but they made it work. <laughs> And uh, in that episode, I think is also uh, Craig mentions he appreciated Una and La'an doing that bingo thing on the ship. Um, that should have bothered me too, but I was like, that was the most character development we got out of number one. Yeah. So right. I was I was okay with it, you know. And the the Freaky Fridayness of it uh, also should have bothered me, and somehow it didn't. Did it bother you, Flobo? Uh, am I the only one who was willing to to give that episode a pass? I think because they made it very clear that the most logical characters were going through it and were kind of like, I don't like this at all. This is hijinks. Even before them having, I was already entertained by them trying to do like the romantic getaway to restart the flame kind of thing. Because we all know couples only go on romantic getaways for two reasons, to start a relationship or to save one from ending. So I was already on board how dumb it was. So yeah, it didn't bother me at all. I mean, granted, the the story about the... Um, uh, to to Pring's prisoner job was the weakest part of that whole tale, but the tale itself yeah. is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. What uh, did you say in, uh, in that episode where we get a little bit of Pike, where they're doing that whole negotiation with that other species, and we see get to see him kind of have his little. You see why he's the, the you know a, a, a captain of a starship, and where he susses out what what it, what it takes to get that other uh, culture on board yeah. with the Federation. Um, the reason why I think. Uh, that the finale of season one worked so well uh, was because it really, it, 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 yes, it gave us Jim Kirk in the episode, but we didn't necessarily need him in the episode, if you know what I mean. Uh, But he was there, uh, but it showed the importance of him in something that maybe didn't seem so important, at least not in my mind. So episode 10, uh, quality of mercy uh, is the episode, of course, uh, that I'm speaking of, which uh, I thought was a great idea. 
to basically uh, have an alternate timeline version of Balance of Terror and see what happens. And when you don't approach things like the guy who reprogrammed the Kobayashi Maru so that he couldn't lose, uh, the guy who doesn't believe in the uh, the no win situation. Um, I, I I thought that uh, it was nicely done, and there is definitely a degree of fan service in there. Uh, there's videos where you can see things side by side from the two episodes, uh, the original series episode and and this one. Um, Frank, uh, as as someone who's had Star Trek in your life uh, as long as I have, what did you think about them deciding, like, let's kind of do a retelling of this episode, but not like the DS9, more troubles, more troubles. You know, it's not like we're not inserting ourselves in the episode. Uh, it, it was instead, uh, which, by the way, why they didn't call it episode uh, uh, Trials and Tribulations, I don't know. But <laughs> in any case, uh, what did you think of that episode? And don't worry, Flobo, I kind of know what you think, but I'll ask you after <laughs> after Frank tells me. Uh, you know, you know, I, I, I had read online some, some kind of frustrations where people were having that episode before I had a chance to see it. But overall, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, to see an uh, older version of Pike rocking the, uh, the Star Trek II uh, Federation. I knew, I knew you were going to like that. I was like, it's the best uniform, man. Hands it down. is. I agree. Yeah. I, I love the flap. Like when they've been in combat and the flap is down and there's there's blood on the white part of the flap. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> that is definitely the best uniform. I did feel like uh, just in terms of some of the this, this storytelling of older Pike and when we were in the future and when we had come back to the past was kind of weird to me. I feel like it wasn't as elegantly shown as like are we are we back yet no no we're not back yet we're still in the future i, I did have that moment yeah i i where it just he was just talking to him and uh but then uh jim kirk comes into the room i'm like oh okay so he hasn't gone back i actually <laughs> yeah, thought yeah. exactly yeah um <laughs> I was like wait what's he doing here um, um, but overall it was I, I guess you needed to see have this episode to see what the differences are between kirk and pike yeah and, 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 and to just reconfirm that Kirk is clearly better than Pike, uh, which is what I texted to Flobo. Uh, and, and I'm like, look, here's what happens. Uh, you know, Pike starts a never ending war and he kills poor Spock a good 20 years before Jim Kirk ever gets a chance to kill him. So he gets another good 20 years under Jim Kirk. And at oh. least in that case, they're able to, you know, revive him. Um, but uh, what did you think, Flobo? Uh, had you seen that episode prior to this, Balance of Terror? I had not seen Balance of Terror. So yeah. what what had happened was I reviewed that episode of Strangers New Worlds uh, and then All Commander's Log, uh, which airs Thursdays. Uh, one of our, our viewers was like, hey, have you seen Balance of Terror? And I go, no. And it was like, I can't believe you haven't seen Balance of Terror, you brute. Go back and watch it. So I watched it after the fact, and I kind of wish I didn't. The episode stands enough on its own because I'll know about Pike and, and his visions and, and his Iron Man like visions. It doesn't want to be seen as scarred. I like him trying to change the future. All that stuff made sense. Uh, but things did seem kind of piled on about how it got to that collapse. It did feel like it was on rails in a way I didn't quite understand. And going back to Balance of Terror, I go, oh, I get it. 
And it's the worst kind of watching experience or viewing experience because I felt they were out of order. I saw them out of order. It's almost like playing GTA Vice City after, before ever seeing Scarface. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. This it's more lame. like if you saw Fast Five before Tokyo Drift. and then Oh, yeah, you just don't do that. You know, you just don't do that. Because uh, Tokyo Drift has a lot of plot points. Hey, you're making fun of me. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. So it, it was fun. It was a fine episode. I think I liked it. I think it was a good way to end the series because he had the future look of Pike storyline. Yeah. Or whatever, but it it's so rife with TOS references that going back and watching the episode, I'm kind of disappointed that there was a whole layer to the show that I totally missed because I wasn't a fan 50 years ago. Yeah, which I, I'm old, but I also wasn't a fan 50 years ago, 40 years ago, perhaps. But, <laughs> but uh, see, the one thing that was nice is you know, in these types of episodes or stories where somebody goes through this and then they come back to their present time. And it's like only they know what really happened, and they just carry that in themselves. I'm glad that there was that moment between Pike and Spock, where you know, while we're not, it's not fully explained in that moment, but we get the idea that Spock realizes that something happened, what happened, and uh, and we get their just you know how they how they feel about each other. I like yeah, that. and he's like, I, I I'm not sure what, but I think I owe you a debt of gratitude. I thought that was a nice moment between them. And I do think it was nice to address this idea of you really can't beat your fate. Like you have to just deal with it. You can't. Yes, you would be able to prevent it, but it's in the grand scheme of things, you're going to have to go. And so are the handful of people who don't survive the accident uh, to sort of save well, really save the Federation. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, they did a good job with that. I think a lot of those, you know, uh, it's a wonderful life sort of like, let's see what happens if, uh, you know, you're somewhere you're not supposed to be or you're not here. Um, I, I think that they it was it was the perfect note to end the season on again, sort of in case it had been the only season they did. But I was then glad that they set up something with number one, which is alluded to in that episode that's like, oh, you don't remember what happened? He's like, no, no, I don't remember what happened. And then I also, again, I'm like, I guess that's going to be a season two thing. And it's like, nope, right at the end of the episode. Um, so uh, uh, and the yeah. other thing too, I like it too, is I feel like it sets up well uh, the menagerie for Spock and his motivations for wanting to help out Pike yeah. so much. Where I'm saying, I mean, you know, they had their service time together, but anything that really enriches and deepens the bond between those two characters, I feel it only helps make uh, what happens to the menagerie all the better. Uh, I asked this question to uh, the other panel that I talked to, but Frank, do you think that the Romulan commander should have been played by the same actor who plays Sarek in Strange uh, in Discovery? Of course, because, <laughs> that would because have been Mark Leonard played the uh, <laughs> the uh, the Romulan commander in Balance of Terror. Should've. I feel like it would have only been consistent. <laughs> uh, and and now, I mean, Pike. No, I mean that's a big thing. We don't know what the Romulans look like. I mean, now Pike knows what they look like years before they're supposed to. Does he? Yeah. Does he? You know? Does he do a, a sketch? He's like, hey guys, just so you Spock, know. Spock, they look like you. Shh. <laughs> You know, um, I did think that they did a nice job uh, putting uh, Ortegas into that episode, giving her sort of the approach of the helmsman in the original episode, uh, you know, sort of the no, we have to do this. And, you know, sort of uh, I, I thought that they did a good job building her up to that episode where it didn't seem out of character. You know what I mean? I think that uh, sort of 
putting that angle on it, uh, I think, uh, worked nicely. And it was a it was a good end for uh, the show. I mentioned which one was my least favorite. Uh, do you have an, an out and out least favorite episode of season one of Strange New Worlds, Frank? Uh the uh, well, one before I get to that is like I still don't understand why in the future uh, that they had to like Ortega said to switch spots. Uh, oh, like why was she on the other side <laughs> for that? I don't know. In the future, you know, in the future. That's oh, yeah, yes. It's yeah, like yeah. when an Enterprise was like, like a darker Enterprise. Like, oh, we're in a different timeline. I get it. There you go. <laughs> That's the advances in the future technology. Of the uh, yeah. Enterprise. But now <laughs> we drive on the right. Now, it's- <laughs> now she in the next seven years she gets a uh, Barbara Streisand complex, and you can only film her on the other side. So they rebuild <laughs> the entire set for her. Uh, so, what was the least favorite for you, Frank? Uh, you know, it's you know, I, sadly, I don't know if I never had had a least favorite okay uh, which i which is great i was I, yeah I, i'm glad to be able to i'm uh, pretty to, sure um well w- for the other reason picard would be really hard for me to isolate a least favorite because it's all of them uh, yeah no I, no it's uh it, it's brent spiner trying to run him over with a car i, I that's probably <laughs> it but anyway let's not let's not get bogged down in those kind of details you know let's please not do that um what about you flobo i feel like you've got a oh i know what my least favorite was um, it's actually a harder than I thought it would be, but except for the the reveal at the end, I, I was not a fan of the, the Serene Squall, the the pirate episode, uh, only because mm-hmm. when when uh with Doctor Aspen, uh yeah. turned turned evil, turned heel, she was just chewing so much scenery. It's like ah, you guys were so stupid. That t-. I was like, oh come on, stops. I don't believe a word you're saying. Space pirates. He's very Emerald Cheney. So yeah, last well, that, that's that's what I said uh, earlier. Is that I, I can't remember who who is the green chick, uh, Margot Kidder's niece uh, on Osira. Osira on Discovery, which Frank you didn't even see. So uh, I was just like, we've had this character already within the last couple years, and they have her carry on now where. I'm like, wait, we're going to see her again? Yeah. And we're going to have to see her again because they want to do this Cybox story, which that I welcome. Um, by the way, Jason Blair popped in, who was in the earlier conversation. The Brits took over <laughs> and switched the side of the steering wheel on the Enterprise. I think that's the right answer. Uh, and uh, Craig agrees with me. I think the fairy tale episode was my least favorite. Might as well just add Picard with an eye patch. Oh, that's Ooh, cold. Deep, deep but, cut. But, but the yeah. three score, last point, but the three squall is like you had Pike imprisoned. And he decides to basically work the favor of the crew by cooking for them. And they gave him an apron. Like, what? Yeah. What What kind of culinary <laughs> kitchen had aprons for their prisoners? That still takes well, me off. They're pirates. They're not savages. For <laughs> no, them, okay? apparently, apparently they're not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I uh, Yeah. So, look, I'm excited. I'm glad that there's going to be another season. I would I would love for them to do more than 10, but if that's where we're at, that's fine. You know, if there's a second, third, fourth season, whatever, it'll all add up in the in the grand scheme of things. Um, what would you most like to see in? Well, I was going to say in season two, but, you know, in subsequent seasons of the show, Flobo, what do you think you as a newer Star Trek fan? What do you think would uh, make you happy? I think I want to see more scenes of, of close quarters combat. Like dogfighting is great. The political stuff is great. Ready room stuff is a nice little balance. But I actually want to see people go on the planet and give me some fisticuffs. Give me that. Bam, dan, 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 dan. Give me some of that. You know? Yeah. I mean, we did get that music, but it was a dream sequence. So it was like, mm. man, 
score uh, Spock's dreams are really scored well. <laughs> I wish I wish my dreams were scored by Alexander Courage. What about you, Frank? What would you like to see from subsequent seasons of this series? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I probably want to see, and hopefully, as we talked earlier, we'll get it. But more development in number one. Uh, I, you know, I, I've always just had this. Everybody just holds this character, at least within within the Star Trek universe, in such high reverence and esteem. So I'm wanting to see like everything that, yeah, as cool as I feel like that everybody thinks she is. I want to see that kind of portrayed on on screen more. So. Yeah, we get that. Um, and uh, Jason says, "Damn you, Christian! Stop giving them a pass on ten episode seasons." Look, Picard was only eight episodes. What? Or no, it, it was ten, wasn't it? It was ten. I wish, I wish it was eight. Um, but uh, you're right. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know why Discovery gets more episodes. I, I, I'm not going to fight Jason on this. He's not wrong. We should have gotten more of these, but you know, we didn't. And I, I think that season two is also 10 episodes. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe Anson, Malt, Anson Mount's got that big Black Bolt, uh, uh, you know, uh, standalone movie coming up from the oh, MCU. Yeah. Frank, have you heard anything? Is there is there an Inhumans movie coming? The Black Bolt <laughs> uh, you know, standalone movie that we all need? <laughs> you know, I will say one thing is I, I know that in Starships, you know, we've always got, you know, just the, the captain or the, the, uh, the cabins are always just kind of more, you know, at least in the original series, very tiny, very cramped. We yeah. get a little bit bigger next generation. Uh, I was glad that, you know, I'm willing to forgo this as a technological aspect. Like, hey, yeah, if we're really in the future and these 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 captains were piloting uh, or captaining starships that are going, you know, millions of light years from Earth and they're going to be gone for long stretches, five years at a time. Yeah, we got to give them some comfort. So I love the reimagining of like Pike's captain's quarters. Get the fireplace get all that yeah. stuff in there i was like i was down for it no i i definitely agree i think that uh, i'm okay with uh, that kind of artistic license craig robinson this uh, comment is cold give me more hem oh wait yeah no more hammer <laughs> a prequel but, uh, a prequel <laughs> the actor's coming back for season two but i don't the know exactly actor, how the actor who played hammer yeah so um, he's like he's probably evil twin with an eye patch if i had to guess that's uh the best <laughs> that's the best kind of uh of storytelling uh one thing that i would like to see is uh as it was uh sometimes pronounced on the original series i would like to see some klingons and uh are they going to be the more humanoid klingons or is it going to be more like flobo's favorite <laughs> yes, I want more Takuma. No, I mean with Hemmer gone, is that basically just we're opening the door for Scotty to be here? Because I've not. Well, I did like Scottie sort of the the non pictured Scotty cameo that we had. Yeah. Um, I I said this with the earlier panel. You can bring Scotty in. You can bring Sulu in. You can bring Chekhov in. Uh, not all at once. And uh, we don't need to rush it. That, that you know, no pun intended, Chekhov. Though we don't, we don't need to be Russian. Thank you. Oh wait, here it is. I yeah. uh, got my bell from my other podcast. I deserved it. Um, but uh, I would like to see some of those characters. But don't you know? You can bring some other people in first. Um, but I would be surprised if we didn't get Scotty because now that's where there's an opening. Uh, what do you think, uh, Frank? Do you want Scotty? And do you think we're going to get him either way? I mean, I feel like out of, because I think out of everybody, I think Scotty has been, you know, on the enterprise longer. I mean, in terms of not like Pike and Spock, Spock and all those, but uh, if you're thinking about the original series cast, 
probably I think he's been in the enterprise longer than like Kirk and all those people. So having him there earlier uh, is good. I mean, I, it's a bummer because much like you, I really liked Hemmer. And so it's a shame to see, especially a character like that uh, wiped out so quickly. Yeah. It's like, ah, I, I, I rather really get rid of uh, Nooney and Singh, get rid of that character. She could have What's wrong with her last name, Frank? Why do you hear her last name so much? It's Khan from. Yeah, I know. I get Khan. it because because Frank doesn't. Frank's always had it out for me because I was like Star Trek Two, not impressed. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? With you <laughs> yeah, obviously Star Trek Three is the is the good one. Oh uh, yeah, obviously, yeah. All, the, all the odd ones, right? It's the best. It, yeah, it's the best. Savic is the one that you get in Three, not <laughs> Kirstie Alley. Um. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, what do you think, Flo? But do you think that uh, we're gonna get at least Scotty or maybe some other characters during the course of a second season? Well, Scotty got their off-camera reference. So that'd be I'd be the front runner. Um, yeah. But but I do think that the the one with the most canvas to paint will be Sulu. I mean, that's someone that you can have on the bridge. You can have them not try to fit in, try to get like walk in them by Uhura. That could be a whole outsider thing. That's an organic way. So that'd be my vote. Uh, as long as as long as he swashbuckles with his shirt off, uh, I'm all in for it. Uh, oh. <laughs> and as long as at some point they give him the line, oh, my, oh then my. Uh, I think that they've utilized him. Yeah, I think we'll get more. But, you know, they should respect the five year mission and have a plan for giving us characters over the next like four years, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I uh, and Jason, what was that Frank? I don't think there was much to be gained by Sam Kirk. No, I think he was really there to just kind of like, well, let me tell you about my brother. Yeah. And uh, I thought that the, they were going to do more with him. Um, and uh, you know, he's still there. So we'll see. Um, Jason says they should introduce Scotty where he has no accent and then have an episode where an alien makes him think he's Scottish. Uh, that sounds like that sounds like uh, a plot line from your favorite show, Jason, the Orville. That sounds like something that uh, Seth MacFarlane would happily uh, integrate. Into, Everyone's uh, getting the, the pike treatment. I've been disfigured Scottish. <laughs> like, <what>? Scottish. <laughs> if it's not Scottish, it's crap. Um <laughs> Look, especially coming on the heels of Picard season two, I I hate to beat the drum. Uh, I was so happy that this show came along when it did. Uh, and it was uh, <laughs> it helped me love again. No, but it, it I, I was able to feel good about Star Trek quickly after feeling really bad about it. Oh, you feel much like Kirk at the end of Star Trek six. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you've given me back my son. Don't <laughs> stupid Dave. <laughs> stupid Dave. By the way, I hate I hated how Picard ended, by the way. I just hated it. <laughs> but I've heard, there, I, I hated how it started. I hated how it middled. I hated how it ended. Oh, oh so, no, yeah. it started great. I was oh, there's a ship, there's a whole new dimension. I get it. There's a Q. We love Q, right? And then <laughs> but we I've seen those tweets from Robert Meyer Burnett, which I'm sure you guys have as well, where he's saying that season three is supposed to be just phenomenal. Yeah. They have to, and they were saying that in the middle of season two, which is always a good sign. Guys, 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 don't leave! Look, I said when when they dropped the trail the the teaser trailer for season three in the middle of season two, and it was early enough where I'm like, why would you possibly do that? And then the other episodes came. I'm like, oh, you had to let us know. Like, yeah, look, we get it, we get it, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah. So, look, I was excited. I, the only disappointment, I agree wholeheartedly with Jason Blair, that uh, I just wish there was more, you know. Uh, and there will be more, but I wish there was more episodes this time around. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it's the, the beauty of having your streaming service is that you can really decide. Uh, let's just make more of them, you know. Great. And uh, let's have so fun. You can watch Lower Decks and catch up on Prodigy. Christian, you have all this time now. Yeah. As soon as I watch the South Park Streaming Wars, and uh, there's oh like four God. other shows that I think I want to watch. <laughs> Give uh, Lower Decks a chance. <laughs> I was hoping uh, that maybe they'd bump up the se- the the season order by like two episodes. Maybe give us twelve uh, of uh, season three of Strange New Worlds. Maybe next yeah. year, maybe next season they still can you know make it over there. Um, and it's a very specific question for Ivan. It has nothing to do with Star Trek, but he really wants to know. Frank, sorry, this is off topic, but did you keep watching Legends of Tomorrow until the undeserved cancellation? Undeserved or. Did you stop seeing Legends when you stopped after Buzz? Undeserved cancellation? Uh, yeah, undeserved, man. They had undeserved? Undeserved. Oh, you thought they had deserved? Booster Gold? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Skeets. No, I figured, they, dude, three seasons in, I was done. Like, they, that show just aimlessly tried to be Time Cops. It was awful. <laughs> Only because. Wait, it tried to be Time Cop? <laughs> yes, it was about Jean Claude Van Damme masterpiece. Yeah, with Bebo, the stupid Bring stuff. Ron Silver there to I want it. it out. Oh, really uh, no, Ron Silver. I'm out. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I was excited just to see what having Donald Faison as Booster Gold could have done for a possible uh, next Turk? season. Turk yeah, from Turk. Scrubs. Turk, That's yeah. right. All right, I gotta watch this now. I gotta uh, see. It. I love Turk. Watch all uh, decks first. AKA, AKA Murray from Clueless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So unfortunately, and clueless the series. Uh, he only Black comes in the last episode of the season. So, uh, you know, season eight was going to be a lot about how Booster Gold would fit into the team, which we'll never get uh, to see now. So, never will get to see. But you never know. Uh, maybe if uh, DC still had their uh, DC Universe streaming service, uh, but uh, HBO Max doesn't seem like they want to take on something like that. Well, uh, that was just for you, Ivan, but now uh, probably Flobo is Ivan's new nemesis because uh, <laughs> you spoke you spoke ill of that show. I like Booster Gold. That show was 70. And I, and I love The Flash. That show needs to be done too. I'm like, oh my gosh. How yeah, they're many on times... like a season nine of The Flash, right? And the thing is, like, the, the budget's already gone. So I was like, hey, where's The Flash this week? Oh, he, he rolled his ankle. <laughs> I was like, what? No, no, it's like, he's so fast. You can't see him. Yeah. <laughs> there he goes, Barry. Yeah. No, there he goes. Uh, we'll He's see him on vacation week. this week. Well, come on. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, uh, I it's uh, always great to catch up with the two of you, and uh, glad we did it at the end of the season. Uh, I uh, hopefully for season two, I'll do a more uh, proper uh, weekly after show. Just uh, my travel schedule got a little crazy at the wrong time, but. For someone who does want a weekly dose of Star Trek, I think Flobo might have a suggestion for somewhere they can go. Oh, yeah, because Lower Decks is amazing. Check out Commander's Log. We just wrapped up our Stranger Worlds coverage, but it usually be every Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific alongside John Weber. And if you want to see The Switch, where John Weber teaches me classic Star Trek, the show Starbase 80 is available on Facebook at Starbase 80. Uh, and, of course, at Flobo Boyce. And uh, and oh my gosh, Craig Robinson throwing it in there across the pond, promoting new content every week. <laughs> Honestly, it's every day. 
Yeah, but, I mean, that's one of the best and, after buzz bits. Look, every week at the minimum, <laughs> at the minimum, but hopefully, hopefully every week as well. Oh, and uh, Flobo, I hope that uh, there's occasion for you to join us on our uh, MLB playoff preview uh, oh. in, in early October. Let's just, let's just hope that that's uh, where that takes us. And Frank Big, Big Hair Pike, uh, where can people go Barbara to talk Shop. to you? Ah, well, you can happily go to <laughs> a happy go Jackie. Twitter and Instagram. There you go. Wonderful. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. Subscribe to the Blackcast YouTube channel. You'll see a video version for both halves of this episode, uh, Blackcast 499. And uh, that does mean that we have our big 500th episode coming. I don't have a date for you. However, uh, scheduled to appear on our 500th episode is the great Dana Carvey. So please tune in for that. Whoa, uh, message with guys? Possession disguise? Yes. yes. Yeah, not Garth, <laughs> not church lady, master of disguise, aka also clean slate. Uh, that Dana wow. Carvey. Uh, and you can uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. I'll make sure you know when uh, you can find that uh, episode. Uh, thanks to everyone who was part of this conversation in the live chat and on both halves of the panel. Uh, until next time, live long and prosper. And we will see you next time on The Blackcast. I'm making memories I'd like to remember. I'm meeting new people.